this is obviously the ultimate movie to be talking about during a pandemic. I mean, nothing says uh, global pandemic like Jack Reacher. Remember, you asked for this. Had you read any of the uh, Reacher books? No, because in my mind, Lee Child is basically James Patterson, though I feel like that is unfair. But To who? Probably to Lee Child. <laughs> yeah, he's like British. That's about all I know is about he? him. Yeah. Oh, well. I just, the whole height thing really turns me off. Oh, the character? Yeah, well, like that, the outrage, the umbrage, because the character, the, I, I kept thinking, I was trying to remember, because I remember he has this bananas quote about, you know, why cast an actor who's 100% of the height and only 90%, 90% reacher, whereas Tom Cruise brings you 100% of the reacher and only 90% of the height. And I was like, oh, the, reach, the character's supposed to be like 6'1". And then I reread, he's supposed to be 6'5". Yeah, 6'5", 250. It's like a fucking mutant height. Yeah. But like, that's that's a detail of the character. Like, that's his personality. Like, Oh, we, we can get into that when we talk about it, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, should we start the pod? Might as well. All right, well, remember, he wanted this. Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back for another episode of Headcanon where we talk about movies, I guess. Can I ask you a question? Sure. You tweet, tweeted something the other day that made me think of, oh. uh, I know you, you like a hero, uh-huh. like a true American a hero. Fucking American hero. Yes. You don't have Netflix. That's true. Not that that would matter here, but you don't have any of the streaming services other than like maybe HBO and Disney Plus, correct? I had Disney Plus, which uh, in retrospect, maybe I didn't need to buy a whole year of that. Like, and you know, because it reals. was like cheaper. Yeah. So For I reals. definitely not watched anything since uh, uh, The Mandalorian. <laughs> you know what? Well, yeah, so you know what the last thing I watched on uh, Disney Plus was? What's that? Candlesticks. <laughs> you mean Candleshoe? Whatever. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's Actually, all- I. I did watch a little bit of Aladdin for some reason. I was just like, I'm going to watch something on Disney Plus. And then I was just like, blah. And so I just like turned that on. It was exactly as mediocre as you would expect. The new one then. Okay. Yeah, the new one. Yeah. Um, but you've been watching a lot more YouTube videos lately, it seems like. I, 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 from time to time, yeah. What I keep getting on the the either the Hulu or the YouTube or Instagram the same two ads primarily. So I'm kind of curious what ads you get. Because one of them I keep getting for some reason, and I don't know what circle of hell I'm in, is the King of Staten Island trailer. Yeah, I've, I've heard other people get that on. I actually have not been in that. So I normally watch YouTube on my computer, which has an ad blocker, so I don't see the ads. But um, occasionally I'll like have like on my Apple TV I'll just open the YouTube channel and like, you know, start something on like making dinner or something like that. And so I see ads mm-hmm. there. Um, and that is where I saw the completely bizarre, like schizophrenia medication ad. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, that. it was really strange. Cause it was like, it was all like animated, like kind of like pencil drawing type stuff. And it was mm-hmm. something about like, Oh, my mom and dad are so happy for me now. And I don't know. It was very strange. So I'm pretty sure that like, if I were going to be schizophrenic, it would have happened by now. I think that usually hits in their twenties. So sorry to disappoint. More curious about this ad, like the take on me of uh, schizophrenia ads. 
Take on me would be a great song to use for pretty much any medication, right? I guess. Yeah, I don't want to waste it on that. I would love in the Trouble TV show. I, I have ideas for where I'd use Take on Me. Let me put it that way. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the other one I keep seeing is I keep seeing this like Patreon ad, which they finally put subtitles on this ad, which I think because other people are mishearing the same thing I am. So it's like this girl, like in a wig and it's all shot like nightmarish. And she's just like, I don't need to get paid for my work. And then it sounds like she says, I'll just eat my legs for breakfast. Hmm. But I guess it's supposed to be yeah, likes. You could do that. <laughs> yeah. She'll, she'll eat her likes for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Which, okay, like, whatever, not just a mundane, you know, internet-based ad. But I was like, every time like, I'll scroll through some of these stories, and it's just like, I don't need to get paid for my work. I'll just eat my legs for breakfast. You could probably survive for, I don't know, at least a few days like that. Uh, I mean, how much of it are you eating? How much of it is edible? It's a lot of bone. Know. I don't think it's that much bone. Can you eat, like, like nerves? Like, we're talking, like, a, just a nice little haunch there. You know, you, there's a lot of meat. Well, I mean, if you eat a whole calf for breakfast, you're you're really whittling down the supply. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, you could, you know, I mean, I don't know. Do you have other su- supplies like tortillas and you know, maybe some refried greens to kind of stretch it out? I want to say there was a treehouse of horror where Homer just start eating himself bit by bit. Okay. Yeah. Huh. It's been okay. said. Yeah. <laughs> so, Civilization Six, are you are you going to get it? No, no. So the reason I was watching Civilization Six ads was because I, I, you like mentioned it, and then I like I felt that yep. jonesing that comes on mm-hmm. like once or twice a year, where you're like, maybe I should just throw away a whole weekend of my life playing this stupid video game. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna like uh, cheat the system here. I'm gonna hack it by just watching some videos about Civilization Six, and that'll just kind of get it out of my system. When it did, so it'd be like if uh, you're like, I, I don't, I feel the call, to, I feel the dragon calling me again. But rather than doing heroin, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just go watch Train Spotting. Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, right on, right on. Yeah, man, uh, my my itch to bite the bull in Civilization Six came and went. Did you play it or or just? No, 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 no. I just you just hunkered down in your bunker. Just yeah, just I play Civilization Five again. I yeah. Was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> It sounds like some of the stuff they added, I don't know. I either don't get it or it doesn't impress me. I don't know. I, I probably don't play that game the way I'm supposed to. Like I, I just like building my civilization and I get really annoyed whenever anyone wants to go to war with me or like like talk to me at all. Like I hate it I hate dealing with other civilizations. I'm like, just leave me alone. I'm trying to build yeah. my perfect civilization over here. I will say that game is the perfect way to waste to waste time. Oh, absolutely. I mean like you start it and you think you think oh I'll play for forty five minutes and then like it's like six hours later. <laughs> uh, I mean I, I I was dreading a ten hour layover in an airport once and I just thank God I had my laptop and I kicked on Civilization. Time flew by. Nice. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, let's that's what we're not playing. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're not playing. Uh, you watch anything besides Westworld? Uh, have I watched anything other than Westworld? I mean, still continuing my community rewatch, watch more Italian horror movies. Nothing exciting. Have you watched this normal people show? I hear that's popular. It's like a, uh, it's like a no. lot of like young people fucking. Yeah, I think it has something to do with consent. I've, I've not read the book. Um, I really thought that the, the woman in it was like, like young Holly Hunter. Hmm. 
when I saw the ad. So what, should I watch normal people? I have no idea. It's that's what all like all the kind of TV blogger out here talking about these days. Um, what did you think of what the Westworld finale? I was gonna say I don't think I I understand normal people as it is. So maybe a TV show will help. Um, yeah. You know, it was fine. Yeah. I can't say it was great. I'd agree with that. It's probably not the best episode of the season. Maybe like episode seven was. Um, it's weird that they like have Tao Akimoto in that episode for like just in the background with no lines for like a few seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it felt like an anticlimactic goodbye to Dolores or, or what. I mean, I'll, I'd be bummed if we didn't see Evan Rachel Wood anymore. I, I'm sure we will, but it won't be the same Dolores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kept thinking if you're gonna, I mean, I know why you would want to replace him in the real world, but I was thinking like, if you're going to get a new man in black robot, make it Jimmy. Why wouldn't you get? Yeah. seriously, I'd be fine with that. I, you know, I don't hate Ed Harris or anything, but I feel like I've had my fill of him in the show. Like there's enough. I am shocked that he is still like showing up for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you listening to anything? Uh, bits and pieces, new magnetic fields, John Mouse, the devs score. Hmm. Downloaded that. Yeah, I don't you? really know if I'm listening to anything new. I guess maybe not new, but I've been listening to the Wolverine soundtrack a little more just because it rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who does that? Uh, that is Marco Beltrami, who I normally don't like, but uh, it's an excellent score. No, okay. Or at least I didn't like his He's, Scream scores. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember he did Scream 2. Did he do Scream 3 as I, well? I think he's done all the Screams. Um, okay. And maybe he might have done Cruel Intentions. Hmm. Look that up. And then you go, you, then you go and like look at this, the, what they sell as like the Scream 3 soundtrack, and it's just like, like cock rock, like Creed. Oh yeah, that was I mean that was a dark time for music in general. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'm still theoretically reading the Hazelwood, although I haven't picked it up in like a week. I really need to get back to it. Mm-hmm. I read Weather by Jenny Awful last night. Jenny Awful. Hmm. Awful? I don't know how you pronounce her last name. Okay, so he did not do o- cruel intentions. Never mind. O F F I L L. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Um, it's about <laughs> the anxiety that comes with late 2016. Okay. Is it nonfiction or fiction? No, it's, it's fiction. Hmm, it's okay. uh, yeah. it's a novel about inching closer to an election and they, uh, and a guy who says all Mexicans are rapists. He wants to build a wall around America. Wonderful. Yeah. It's very good. But at the same time I was like, Oof. Oh boy. <laughs> So obviously we're in the headspace to talk about this movie, right? Jack Reacher, do you have an opening statement? Spoilers, I've by the a, way. Yeah. I'd be curious how many people who listen to this podcast have seen this movie. I have a, I have quite an opening statement. Maybe. I don't know. Right. Um, it. it may not be fashionable to say this, but I think I kind of love this movie. Um, it's so weird. It delights in how weird Tom Cruise truly is. But Corey has found that, that perfect place where like, Tom Cruise can be a viable action hero and still be utterly strange. 
Um, second time he's been cast as a literary hero in an adaptation where people complained about him not matching the physical description of the character. And like I said before, supposedly the defining character of Jack Reacher is that he's tall. So right off the bat, it's hilarious. It's a hilarious act of defiance to cast Tom Cruise in this role. Um, he's always played young and cocky well, but also varying degrees of charming and nice. And I just find this movie fascinating because it's like, what if the character was just a gruff, rude misanthrope who clearly gets all women everywhere soaking wet? There's a weird horniness to this movie. There's also a weird horniness for montages. There's like five or six in the first 20 minutes alone. Um, the movie falls into like a subgenre that I don't think you see done successfully very often, like the the straight up like action mystery, because there's you know there's mysteries and there's action movies, and then there's action movies that have some mystery elements, but this is like really an action mystery. Um, it also does something fascinating where it's like capturing a modern take on that 70s paranoia thriller without feeling like a total Sidney Lumet or Alan J. Pacula porn, um, but with like the logic of 80s action movies. I don't know. It's smart. It's fun. It's got a lot of meat on the weird bone for it to chew. A lot of bananas, macho posturing, especially Robert Duvall. And really only one glaring flaw to this movie, and that's Jai Courtney. Mm, Over to you. I don't know if I'd agree with that per se. Uh, but yeah, my opening statement, um, dad cinema has never had a more worthy champion. And mm-hmm. yet there's something about Tom Cruise's presence in this movie that manages to take the piss out of the all you know, right, right wing fantasy that's going on here. Um, I like to think that everywhere dads are feeling like just slightly diminished by this five foot three nut job. Who's portraying such an over the top vessel of masculinity. Like I think Tom Cruise is in, in some ways he's so miscast in this role, but at the same time, he's the only one who could play this character and keep the movie from being like pure self parody. Like there's just no way I could buy this movie if like, say like the rock was playing Reacher. It would just be porn at that point. Um, mm-hmm. This film boldly asks us to consider that maybe the right wing gun nut suspect of a mass shooting was actually set up by Warner Herzog and captain boomerang. Jack Reacher is the biggest Mary Sue who ever sued every woman he comes across just starts ovulating immediately. But since he's Tom Cruise, no actual relationship can happen. He's like stoically immune to all their womanly charms because he's too busy being just like the ultimate reply guy to anyone who dares ask him a question. All his dialogue has this, uh, and then everyone clapped vibe to it. It's, it's hard (laughs) to say why I even like this movie. Um, I guess it's just like, I appreciate the ludicrousness of the character combined with like the unintentional comedy of Tom Cruise portraying like salt of the earth. Um, Mm -hmm. And Chris McQuarrie just does like a really solid job, you know, in the directing department, just like great action, great sequences. Um, I think it, you see this is the beginning of what's going to pay off in the Mission Impossible movies he directs later. Yep. And, and had been his guy since like Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I guess he meant through like Brian Singer, I suppose. Right. Well, we all have something bad in our past, right? <laughs> I think Tom Cruise might have a few bad things in his past. But yeah, like Christopher McQuarrie like, becomes his guy. He does this. He writes or does a rewrite on uh, the All You Need Is Kill script, which became, mm-hmm. what are they calling that now? Like, Live Die Repeat? Live Die Repeat. Also, uh, I believe he did a rewrite on Ghost Protocol. I could see that. And yeah, and then he did the last two Mission Possibles, which just, by the way, you have three possible titles for a movie. One is Live, Die, Repeat. One is Edge of Tomorrow, and one is All You Need Is Kill. How the fuck did they not pick the third option there? I'm just, uh, I am just. I don't know what it. that means, though. I don't like, know what it means, but it sounds cool, and that's that's all that matters. But would you not agree that the tagline Live, Die, Repeat even sounds better than Edge of Tomorrow? I think it's a tagline, though. It's not a title for a movie. Yeah. 
I really wonder if they're going to go forward with that sequel. Like, what is the, what even is Doug Lyman's career these days? I don't know. I think he's like a pain in the ass to work with. I get that yeah. sense. Because he's, some, um, oh, you know, he did Chaos Walking. That's what he's doing right now. The Days of oh, Ridley, yeah. Tom Holland movie. It's been, in, you know, in the four can years now. for four years or something. Yeah. Because uh, Tom Holland is like a teenager anymore. <laughs> so all their reshoots, they have to constantly keep reshooting. I'm sure Days yeah. of Ridley thought that was a really good idea at the time. It's like, oh, it's a popular YA thing. It's got Spider-Man in it. Everybody loves him. Doug Liman has lots of, you know, successful films. And yeah. I've read stuff from the Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow thing, whereas like they always started at a certain time later in the morning and nobody understood why until they found out that Doug Lyman had like a tennis lesson that he refused to move. That makes sense. <laughs> and then they would shoot seven days a week. Um, yeah. So Dad Cinema, do you have top moments? I've got seven. I've got nine. Nice. Nice. Um, hold on a second. Hey, stop doing that. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, Talking to his children. Yeah. Um, number nine moment is uh, a man this rare always has use. As he <laughs> tries to make the dude from True Blood try to bite off his own fingers. Always the bullet. I don't understand. I mean, I didn't know much about this movie when we went in to see it in the theater. Because I think you and I saw this in the theater three times. We did in like one weekend or something. <laughs> yeah. So... Sorry, I mean, if you well, that's the kind of the movie even... this is, it just it goes down very easy. It doesn't ask okay. a lot of you. No, not at all. I mean, this is the kind of movie that not that I turn on TV that has like real t- channels, yeah. but if, if this did, was on, this was, yeah, I would watch it exactly. Yeah. But like, I sure as shit didn't know that fucking Warner Herzog was gonna stroll <laughs> in as the villain of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I've sat there rewatching this last night or rewatching the other night and thinking like. What if he had been like Darth Sidious <laughs> or Darth whoever gives a fuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's still me. Uh, eight. Um, uh, it's after Rosamund Pike has uh, uh, bailed him out of jail and uh-huh. she gives him the, the rundown of the victims. Um, it reminded me a little bit. This is like a very like, like, I don't know, touching moment. I thought it reminded me of the cop who gets killed in Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, like, you know, it's kind of sweet where she's like humanizing the people who were killed on this like rampage. And then immediately Wait, Jack Reacher's like, um, the, the, the French woman. Cop. Yeah. The French woman. I don't think she dies. I, I, I like to think that she makes it. That'd be wonderful. But yeah. still she's very human in mm-hmm. this kind of crazy. Romp. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. So like Rosamund Pike's like humanizing these five people who all got killed in this rampage. And then Jack Reacher's immediately like, well, I bet these two are having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> And he's right, because he's never wrong. All of his hunches pay off. No, Jack Reacher is never wrong in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually have, I should mention, I have read a couple of the Jack Reacher books. Um, oh, I think possibly, like, I don't know if, like, uh, they're, like, in-universe chronologically, the first ones, but I think there's the first two he wrote I've read. Um mm they are just absolute just airport trash it's just like this guy is just like super awesome and he's going to succeed in everything he does pretty much it's just like he just you know walks into a new town and finds some trouble and goes and like murders a bunch of people and everything's fine does he fuck he does fuck yeah oh wow. he's also it's not just that he's tall 
It's mm-hmm. he's like 6'5", 250, like this big hulking slab of a man who's mm-hmm. like instantly like intimidating to everyone, but he's his whole gimmick is that people think he's just like a big lummox, like he's an idiot, but he's actually like very clever and you know, canny. Um, and so he kind of is able to get one over on people because they underestimate him and think he's just like a big mook. So the ladies want to not just climb this tree. They want to like knock it down to the ground. Timber! And then fuck it. Yeah. Gotcha. What's your number seven moment? My number seven is when the Helensky can't bite his fingers off. Uh-huh. With, uh, let me see if I can find the hole. I don't even know if I can do the voice for the Zek here. I was in prison in Siberia. I spent my first winter wearing a dead man's coat, a hole in one pocket. I chewed these fingers off before the frostbite could turn to gangrene. These I gave up to avoid working in the sulfur mine. That is how I survived when so many others did not. A man this rare can be all can always be of use. So show me. Show me you are rare. Show me you'll do anything to survive. And the guy's just like, I can. He's always the bullet. I don't understand. Well, no, the moment gets even worse because the guy's like, and I, and I find it brilliant the way that they edited in footage from this Werner Herzog documentary into the movie. But like the guy's like, can I have a knife or something? And he's yeah. like, did I have a knife? <laughs> do you think you could do that? Somebody put a gun Bite to my head? own fingers off? I, that's not a, that's not a test I want to pass or fail. I feel like I wouldn't get to it because I'd be trying to like, not necessarily bargain, but just like lay out some ground rules. Like it's like what what counts as success and failure, and they'd eventually just shoot me. You know, I'd be like, "How long do I have to do this? Like, can I just like really gnaw on this for a while? Or are you willing to stay here all night? What if I pass out? Does that count as like a fail? Or if I wake back up, can I try again? They just shoot me. You know, <laughs> you're like, I'll keep gnawing. So as long as I'm gnawing, I'm alive, right? And they're just like, Jesus, it's been twelve hours. He's just like <laughs> sucking on his own finger now. You're like, this still counts. Um, my number seven, this is wild because it comes at the tail end of another one of my moments, but the DA and the detective have just met Jack Reacher and Rosamund Pike walks up <laughs> and she's the daughter of the DA. The detective is like crazy, right? So then after they've had this, I love the dynamic between these four characters, but after they've, they've met and detective Emerson is leaving, he shakes Jack Reacher's hand. He's like, weird meeting you. And Jack Reacher's like, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David O'Yellaway. And kind of a nothing part. But great, though. He's I mean, so he, he, likable. <laughs> and he, I, you know, spoiler alert, he turns out to be one of the bad guys. I think they do a good job of hiding that. But you don't feel like you've been cheated either. Yeah, yeah. Well, and doing it in a way that it's not like you need to have some weird backstory. But, like, he, like, subtly is just like, I have my reasons. Or whatever, you know, like, it, yeah. it works. Uh, so my number six moment is uh, when they're at Jack Reacher's hotel room and she's mm-hmm. like kind of trying to talk to him about the case and she just kind of looks up and she's just like, where is your shirt? Because <laughs> he's just like shirtless because he's just taking his only shirt off and like like washed it in the sink and hung it up to dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this might be secretly a long episode. Do you uh, do you think he just like sleeps like raw? I mean, it's Jack Reacher, obviously. Like, is he waiting for her does to he leave? Does he even so he have can, like, underwear? Well, yeah. Like, but if he does, is he just waiting for her to leave so he can, like, scrub that in the sink? I guess so. I mean, there's certain things you don't want to have to do. You don't have to, like, scrub out your own skid marks, right? Like, ugh. Ugh. 
Anyway, uh, my number six, the car chase. Again, maybe I'm crazy, but I would put this chase on the lower end of a list that contained Bullet and Ronan. Okay. Uh, including the end where he just like gets out of the car and like leaves it in neutral and then goes and gets a line of folks waiting for the bus. And the moment is from the trailer. It's so dumb. But I just love when the one dude gives him his hat and the others like stand in front of him like to block him, like fuck the police. It's, a, it's as know. though the proletariat just senses this man is one of ours. We shall protect him. It reminded me of like those fucking scenes from Spider-Man where it's like, Seriously. hey, you mess with him, you mess up all of us. It's totally that, but like, I don't know, classier, I guess. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. It just, I, it shouldn't work, but it does for me. <laughs> I mean, it just the idea that you would see like, you've been hearing this crazy car chase like happening around the corner and this mm. guy just like rolls up in this like hot rod gets out of it just starts walking away and like all these like cops show up with their guns out and everything and you're just like oh yes i shall protect this guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people just love a good caper yeah salt of the earth over here we're, also we're he's sticking been in, up for the little guy he's been in an intense like car chase with this classic muscle car that has not a single scuff on it <laughs> yeah let's see my number five is the uh the target practice test he has with robert duvall's character cash okay um it's such a, I, I don't know, it's, it's a fun scene. Like, you know, even though you know he's going to beat it because he's Jack Reacher, he's infallible. Like, mm-hmm. the way it starts where he's, like, kind of, like, almost upside down and he, like, rolls over. I don't know what that is, if that's, like, how the pros do it or, like, what's going on there. But it's interesting. Um, the way he, like, apparently he's doing, like, the proper, like, sniper maneuver, like, to take the bullet out, you know, the, the chamber. And he puts the next one in. He's, like, catching his... uh his brass or whatever it's mm. it's typical tom cruise like he he sweats those weird details because he's a maniac mm-hmm. um I, like have you ever read that thing about like the whole like mogadishu uh training thing he does with uh, the yeah. gun in, in uh what's that movie collateral enlighten me it's I, I can't remember what they call this it's called like i don't know like mogadishu mogadishu uh like uh, scenario or something like that where it's like he pulls a gun and like fires twice and then like once in the header. It's something where like you have to be an incredibly quick draw and like a good aim to do it. And like he mm. can actually do it. Like he practiced enough to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. The the intensity of Tom Cruise seems always so real. Like I, I, I mean, I feel like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's the sort of intensity about- that only comes when you're like a level eight operating Thetan, you know? They're like, don't try I mean, this at home, kids. You can't. You can't all be Jack Reacher. When I watch like one of those Scientology documentaries, I mean, he seems like the prince of a tiny nation. He doesn't know that the people are starving because the the workers just keep him happy. But like, I feel like it's like that gives him time just to sweat these weird details, as if he's a real person. But yeah, the the sniper thing. I have never been more curious about the details that go into like the ins and outs of being a gun nut, like. Robert Duvall putting spent cartridges in his ears as earplugs. Is that a real thing? (laughs) Anyway, um, number five is the second or maybe third montage of the film, like 11 minutes into the movie when it's like the, who the hell is Jack Reacher? And in this montage, introducing him as a (laughs) DNA detective or going over his life, we get four women who check him out in a three minute montage. Like two women in the thrift store alone. 
Uh, and then it's like, well, how the hell do we find him? Obviously, you don't unless he wants to be found. And it's like, oh, there's a Jack Reacher here to see you. Yeah, I had, I had the, the dialogue is, uh, so how do we find this Reacher? And Emerson says, obviously, you don't find this guy unless he wants to be found. And then, uh, excuse me, sir, there's a Jack Reacher here to see you. It's like perfect timing. By the way, I was wrong. It's not Mogadishu. It's the Mozambique drill is what I was thinking of. Uh, wow. The firearm drill he does where he like pulls his gun out and like super quick draw and like shoots twice. Mm, cool. You want uh, tight grouping, right? That's that's the thing you want when you're shooting people. Tight grouping. Well, it's like it's a drill for basically when like when somebody has a gun on you, like can you draw and fire fast enough or something like that? I think. Ah, uh, well. Uh, all right, number five here, or no, number four. Number four. Yeah. Uh, Reacher versus the thugs at the bar. That whole sequence is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just the, the conversation is Sandy in the bar. And then when he goes outside and he's just like, that's five against one, man. He's like, no, it's three against one. And he kind of walks him through how he's going to kick all their asses. And then he does it. There is so many good chauvinistic lines <laughs> in that scene that I, I should hate, but I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, um, just like the one, the one guy, the fucking peacoat douchebag. He's like, he's constantly dunking that guy. I just love the, hey, man, she's our sister. Yeah, she a good kisser. <laughs> uh, my number four is in Rosamund Pike's office. They're waiting for the phone call, the results of the license plate trace. He does the thing you want in a movie where he writes down the motive to the crime on a sticky note, folds it up for later. Then she gets a call and she starts to piece it all together just to realize when she opens the sticky note that he had already figured it out. And they even do... Uh, this great close-up on Rosamund Pike's face as she's like doing the big shocked eyes as she's like putting it all together. It's like straight out of a classic mystery and like, like paranoia you know, Robert, thriller, yeah. Yeah, and like Robert Redford realizing that the the president's corrupt or whatever. Yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah, it's a great scene. Uh let's see. My number three, the just the final shootout and fight with Jai Courtney. Like all the it's like a sniper fight for a while, and then he's like kind of getting in closer and then he has the upper hand and Jai Courtney has to go get some more men. And then he like mows those guys down and then he, he gets a drop on Jai Courtney, but absurdly he like throws his weapon away because they're going to fight like mano mano with their fists. So he can like, mm-hmm. you know, kill him the painful way. Mm-hmm. And he like, he, he like tortures them and starts breaking his fingers before he presumably like breaks his neck just so that the bad guys inside hear the Jai Courtney screaming in agony. Also, he needs to make him pay. Yeah, Sandy. He he did uh, promise him. Yeah, I love the idea. Just though Tom Cruise is going to beat the shit out of a guy who's literally half his age. <laughs> Although, like, you wouldn't totally know it. Like, I feel like if you like looked at these two guys in this movie, you'd be like, "How old are each of them?" I, I feel like you you get guesses that are closer than is the truth. I think Tom Cruise is not t- doing a terrible job with the fact that he's like not looking like what we think a 60 year old man looks like. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like there's worse examples. It's got those, those, uh, thetans, right? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, I was gonna say something else, but I shouldn't. Um, also Jay Courtney in this movie, I don't, I'm not a Jay Courtney fan, but I feel like this is the kind of role he should be playing. Just like these sleazy henchmen. I feel like that's right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fine in the movie. Yeah. There's a trivia bit, which I thought found to be hard to believe, but fascinating that I'll read later. But uh, 
The only other role that I like him in, because he's so off the wall, bananas, terrible, is maybe is the villain in that Divergent movie. Oh, that's right. He is in that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's like a similar role, spot. you know? Yeah. 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 He's not, this is not a guy who should be John McClane Jr. or whatever. Or um, uh, Reese. He's Kyle Reese in that Amelia Clark Terminator movie, which, yeah, just no. You're oh, not Kyle okay. Reese, dude. Yeah. Well, it, also, Kyle Reese is nothing. Um, it's like, stop fetishizing Kyle Reese. Sorry, Michael Bean. Wow. Um, Didn't yeah. know you were going to come for Kyle Reese on this podcast. John <laughs> Connor's dad. Uh, my number three moment is, uh, well, it's already been covered, but uh, it's kind of loud in here. Do you want to maybe go someplace quieter? I have a car. You're old enough to drive. I'm old enough to do a lot of things. I'm on a budget, Sandy. <laughs> what uh it's the whole everything in the bar including the fight. yeah <laughs> yeah she implied hooker i meant slut the, the rest of the conversation he says i can't afford you and she says i'm not a hooker and he says oh then i really can't afford you <laughs> what i mean is the cheapest woman tends to be one you pay for i am not a hooker well a hooker would get the joke i gotta say so they were clearly so proud of this that i remember there was a transcript from this scene in a like entertainment weekly online article. Really? Like, okay. I don't think that I don't think I'd seen a trailer for this movie before, but they were like, here's a preview for this new Jack Reacher movie star, starring Tom Cruise. And I was like, the fuck am I reading? This is terrible, but kind of amazing. Well, I'm sure that if you were to ask Jack Reacher, if he was a person you could talk to, he would insist he's not a misogynist. He would insist no, that he's not. just treating everyone the same way and that there's absolutely no, you know, sexist undertones of what he's saying, but like, yeah, you are. He would have a thoughtful, well-reasoned out response for while email security is just something he values in a <laughs> uh, presidential candidate, even though literally everyone else on the, on the other side is whatever. But yeah, that's my number three. What's your number two? My number two is the car chase. Um, mm. it, like, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like I was not expecting that when watching this movie and it, it's not super flashy, but there's, I think it, it gets a lot of points for like, Hey, they're actually doing that. They're like, this is clearly not a green screen. Like the camera is just like right there. It's not on a, a trailer being towed or something like that. You know, it's like, yes, that's Tom Cruise driving that car and they're not mm -hmm. faking it. Like, which goes a long way to make it exciting. Apparently the car was not supposed to stall, but it really did. Uh -huh. And also just the, the fact that he's driving this big muscle car, like it kind of moves in weird ways with like the, I don't know, the uh, suspension of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it, it's a different type of car chase than you normally get. Yeah. Yeah. The sort of chase you'd think you'd get in a fast and furious movie, but their shit's all fake. Mm -hmm. This guy really does live his life quarter mile at a time. Uh -huh. Yeah. As he's jacking off. Well, the, the, um, way, the way it starts with the, David Yellowway's character kind of comes out. They've just discovered the body of Sandy and they like kind of stare each other down as he's putting together what's happening. And, and Jack Reacher has to get the fuck out of there. And he's also like, he's chasing Jai Courtney, but also being chased by the cops at the same time. It's this weird like yeah. cat and mouse thing. I think the, the, the chasing the Jai Courtney and the, and the guy in the tracksuit part gets a little lost, but I do kind of love the, uh, Wow, 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 wow. The thing between him and Ayello, like, at the start of it. Also, there's, like, um, there's one moment where, like, somehow in all their, like, racing around, they they end up right next to each other. 
like in their cars, mm-hmm. like facing opposite directions. They kind of look at each other for a moment and then drive off. Yeah. Uh, my number two moment is uh, continuing from my last moment. It's just, which I just realized we're going to have the same number one, aren't we? Uh, probably not because you might have already gone over my number one. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I have, I have the dialogue for my number one. And I okay. thought you were going to do it. Uh, no, my number two is uh, remember, you wanted this. It's the street fight with the five guys. <laughs> it just the, uh, just the way he's like talking down to these guys. So the one guy like he, I love he's like he's like practicing his moves as he like walks out there like young striker, uh-huh. and he's just like it's not five on one, it's three on one. <laughs> but this is the remember you wanted this, and I love that first move where the guy like swings at him, he ducks, catches the guy's like waist as his like fist goes flying over him, and he just brings his elbow like right up into his face, and he's like you're okay, you're okay, it's okay. And he hits him in the balls. <laughs> yeah. He's like holding his leg. Yeah. And then it's like cut to Sandy who like just had an orgasm watching this. Yes. Oh my God. Sandy is 100% like riding this razor's edge between like fear and excitement. Yeah. This whole movie. Poor Sandy. Poor Sandy. Uh, my number one is you mentioned earlier when Reacher's explaining his theory about how there's four random deaths and one intentional hit. And mm. I don't know, it's, it's I think it's it's well edited. You got like kind of cutting to the shooting um, as he kind of puts together the elements and explains what's going on. Stuff like the uh, the shot that they think thought was a miss, but it was actually like an intentional shot with like a backstop to catch the bullet, that kind of stuff. Like mm. it, was, it was all just like well put together. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this movie does make sense. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that is the scene where kind of like out of nowhere, you just start to notice halfway through the scene that Rosamund Pike is just displaying like a tremendous amount of cleavage for some reason. Because she, she's pregnant. Well, yeah. yeah, but it's just, it's weird. Like, I don't know if they had to go back and reshoot some of it or something, but it's like, you don't notice till halfway through the scene that like, she's like weirdly has like a lot of cleavage on display. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's her dress and it's her cleavage. And then there's times that she like leans forward just to like deliver a line normally. And you're like, God damn, because um, it's it's hard not to see yeah. it. I um, mean, it, it, it's not just us. This was apparently a thing like that a lot of people were talking about if the movie came out. Like that everyone noticed like it, it just suddenly is there in the middle of the movie. And you're like, interesting choice. You know, I don't know. Yeah. They didn't necessarily have to dress her that way. But yeah, I don't think I don't think studio executives minded. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, my number one moment, I, I'll try not to do the whole thing, but uh, you think I'm a hero? I am not a hero. I am a drifter with nothing to lose. I will do the whole thing. Now you killed that you killed that girl to put me in a frame. I mean to beat you to death and drink your blood from a boot. This is how it's gonna work. You're gonna give me the address and I'll be along when I'm damn good and ready. If she doesn't answer the phone when I call this number, I even think you've hurt her, I disappear. And if you're smart, that scares you. Because I'm in your blind spot and I have nothing better to do. <sighs> I just love that. I'm a drifter with nothing to lose. Yeah, <laughs> that's character motivation right there. Well, then, so the coup de gras, like, like he's rewritten the rules of this yeah. this this showdown, and then like the coup de gras is that later, Jay Courtney's just like, "Fine, you got a pen." He's like, "I don't need one." <laughs> it's like they're just giving you an address. Well, they've tried to do the power play on him, and be like, "We have the we have the lawyer," you know, blah blah, blah. and he's just like, "Keeper <laughs> hangs up." Yeah, he just keeps hanging up. Like he, uh-huh. that's his superpower in this movie is that he's. Constantly subverting people's expectations just by being a gruff asshole. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just like, you don't understand. I'm insane. I'm a crazy drifter. I have nothing better to do with my time than, than make your life hell. You don't, you know, this is what you're going to get. Well, especially since the villain's whole thing is that they're like, we don't operate by normal society rules. And that's yeah. why we always succeed. And he's just like, no, I'm an insane hobo. <laughs> this is what I wanted from, from the man in the suit on person of interest. Yeah. Yeah. A little more of that energy. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Instead of like this soft spoken guy who just drifts into scenes. I mean, I'll say this for the man in the suit. He's not what you'd expect for that show. That's true. That's true. It's it's a zag for sure. As far as like guys who've parachuted out of a film career into TV, you're expecting Kiefer Sutherland and instead you get Jim Caviezel. What's up, Finch? I'm going to kill these guys. So anyway. moving on to the, the movie in general here, I, I'm mm-hmm. always wondering like, am I misinterpreting the scene or what? The, the movie opens with the, with the shooting, the mass shooting. Um, with a phallus. Speaking of jacking off, the first thing you see is a metal ball on top of a phallus and a dude grabbing it and cranking it. Okay. That's the first image of this movie. <laughs> is it? Yes. I thought it was like a landscape shot, but I'll take your word for oh. it. That's true, yeah. No, this movie yeah. this movie has no ego. It's a landscape <laughs> that it starts with. Um, also, also, this movie's going to act like Pittsburgh is a much, much smaller city than it actually is. Is it? I feel like things would be mobbed of people when there's not that many people around. I'm okay. sorry, you're, you're making a point. So we, we see the Jai Courtney character. Apparently his name is Charlie. I'm going to continue to refer to him as Jai Courtney. He is at the um, parking garage, like setting up where, where we think the shooting is taking place from. But seemingly mm-hmm. that wasn't how they did it. He was in a van. Like I, I think what by the end of the movie, what we were to believe is that the James Mark Barr character had nothing to do with this, correct? Yes. Yeah, that he he was set up. It wasn't like he was the second gunman or anything like that. So like, so the I would say the the medicine that he's on basically knocks him out to deal with his insomnia from the war. Sure, sure, whatever. But like at the beginning, we see Jai Courtney at the. Um, parking garage but that wasn't where he actually was he was actually in a van on the bridge to do the shooting is that correct or is he just such no, a he's good in the parking garage sh- okay huh okay so he's just so what they're saying is he's such a good shot that he did it from there rather than where uh james Barr would do it so the point is is that he did it from there to leave the um the, the term coined by minority report and later adopted by CinemaSins to leave the orgy of evidence against Barr. The what Jack Reacher's point is that Barr wouldn't have done it from the thing, not because he's that good, but because his training would have told him to do it from the bridge. That's where a serious sniper okay. who doesn't want to get caught would have done it. So I was a little confused because at later points in the movie, it like shows the shooting happening from the bridge. And I wasn't sure if we were supposed to say, no, this is how it actually happened or just, no. this is how he's imagining it. It happened. Yeah. This, this is how it, how it should have gone down by a sniper who didn't want to get caught. Okay. But he, yeah, this actually is Jai Courtney doing the shooting from the garage mm-hmm. across the river. I was, mm-hmm. when I was watching this the other day, I was thinking like, man, I'm surprised they were able to get this movie out like in a window where there weren't any mass shootings. And then I looked up, I was like, Oh no, actually it did get delayed by Sandy hook. So that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Where there wasn't any mass shootings. Name that time period other than like the last few months. (laughs) I just needed a global pandemic to stop them for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I would argue that the opening montage of this movie is almost in like masterpiece piece territory. It's definitely like, it's, it's very chilly, very hard to watch. Um, but it's, engaging. It's not gratuitous. I wouldn't say. No. Like even though it's like you're literally looking through like a, a scope of a rifle as like some dudes like murdering a bunch of people though you're not seeing like just like brain splatter or you know it's not like super gory or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just but conception editing the way it forces you to invest um, the the lateral view of the sniper scope and the hearing like the echo of the sound as it moves across the space and that twice now both this and when they recreate it from different angles later i love it they play with the babysitter last you know uh-huh. her and the child getting shot and it's like letting you know obviously what's going to happen but you don't need to see her yeah it's shot. like cuts to black you know yeah. or like cuts back to him when he fires it's not like you don't literally need to see her get shot and bleed out or anything like that Mm-hmm. And just the little details that movies do where like the way we see when the van pulls out, like close up on this license plate, which the numbers don't mean anything to you, but the visit PA.com will tell you where we are. And it's like, I don't know. It's just fascinating. There's this movie, this movie starts with eight minutes of no dialogue. Yeah. Well, and also I, I don't know the, it was pretty recognizable to, to me at least as Pittsburgh from like the yellow bridge. Mm. Right. And the the uh, stadiums in the background there, you don't watch sports. So you, no, yeah. I was going to say, they're infamous yellow bridges. Yes, yes, yes. My uh, understanding of Pittsburgh comes from uh, George Romero movies and maybe M. Night Shyamalan. Um, Did you yeah. read the corrections? That takes place I, in Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. Also, the yellow bridges and that, right. Um, so the interrogation scene, uh, what kind of arrogant fool is this district attorney? As soon as the guy starts writing, presumably scribbling his confession, he just like struts over and is like, 16 hours must become some kind of record detective. Get Jack Reacher. <laughs> oh, can like, I shut the fuck up? <laughs> can I give you the monologue from Emerson here? Absolutely, you can. It's life or death now, James. By that, I mean you're doing one or the other up in Rockview. This here is District Attorney Roden. Want to know what he's wondering? Whether you're going to walk like a man or cry like a pussy on your way to the death house. See, the DA likes the needle, whereas me, I like to see a man like you live a long time with all your teeth knocked out. Pass around till a brother can't tell your fart from a yawn. What a, an opening monologue there that's like, it's, it's so overwritten. It's trying so hard to like be badass. Yeah, yeah. But he's such, he's got such a sweet baby face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's so, it's like incongruous with, it it definitely seems like that's something he like prepared beforehand. Like he says this to everyone, you know. It practices in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Can't tell your fart for me, Jan. But I don't know. It's also fascinating too because you got this British actor doing this. Uh, you got some Australians later in the movie. Uh, yeah. So the first time we see Jack Reacher, he's just chilling in a hotel boot bed watching some news while some babe. Puts her bra back on. Some, some babe in a thong is putting her bra on in the background just to let you know that Jack Reacher fucks. You're not going to see him fuck, but this is like just to let you know that this is how it is. Because, you know, we know some people have certain ideas about Tom Cruise. And we want to disabuse you of them right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. That's, but like <laughs> it's implying I almost feel like like this orgasm is will last him for several months. <laughs> well, just, he, who, he feels no tension. Who is this mysterious babe who's just there to uh, have been sexed by Jack Reacher and then 
vanished from the face of the earth. My legitimate theory is that she's a sex worker. It could be. Yeah. He certainly I mean, seems he familiar with that. He immediately goes that, that well of Sandy. Uh-huh. Um, so I love then we don't see all of it, but he goes into the thrift store for some traveling. He is wearing just an utterly hideous Hawaiian shirt. Well, he buys all his clothes at Goodwill. Yeah. But what if he wore that Hawaiian shirt throughout this whole movie? <laughs> <laughs> but we get these like these like Tom Cruise body shots meant to show off his scars, but really like showing off this like 50-year-old man's physique. And then it's so hilarious. The girl behind the counter is like chewing her gum, but she stops to be like, Ooh, and then the girl behind her turns around like, ooh. There is not a single woman in this movie who, if Tom Cruise is in the frame with them and they notice him, does not like give some sort of reaction to be like, oh my god, look at that guy. Like it's constant, and I feel like this is when all his movies started doing this. Like from now on, any Tom Cruise movie, Mission Impossible, whatever, like he gets these reactions from all the women that are in the movie. Just to, I don't know if this is like to reinforce Tom Cruise's own ego or what, but. Yeah, yeah. I I would love to know what direction was given to the background artists in the bar scene or just yeah. how many women are like, oh, shit, look at this hunk. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, again, 10 minutes in this movie, three women have checked him out and found him delish. Jack Reacher just buys new clothes when he needs them, uh, presumably with money from a uh, Western Union that he gets, you know, money wired to. And he just throws, the, he throws the old clothes in a goodwill. Yeah. Even that old woman checks him out at the Western Union. Yeah. Yeah, she gives him an eyebrow. <laughs> she has a little eyebrow wiggle. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so then he goes and he sees Detective and the DA because he made James Barr a promise. He's going to like basically fuck him up if he ever commits a crime. Well, we think at first that James Barr wants him to defend him or something. you know. But then we find out, no, Jack Reacher hates this guy. He's here to yeah. bury him. Yeah. So, again, he's just all about, like, fucking people's expectations like a not normal human being. As they take him to the hospital, for some reason, look at this guy in the coma. And Jack Reacher's like, any chance I can look at the evidence? And Richard Jenkins is like, no way. And Jack Reacher's like, nice meeting you. And he just, like, struts right out. <laughs> it's like, peace out. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I love this movie. It's so dumb. And then, of course, we got uh, Rosamund Pike, who, man, prior to this, she was in a Bond movie, and she was in that Bond movie. This is like before Gone Girl, right? This is before Gone Girl. She might have been in The World's End by now. This is 2012. Okay. I'm not sure if The World's End was out. I think it might have been. Um, mm. Yeah, she's not Amazing Amy yet, but I feel like you can see a little bit of the seeds here. She has like, I'm assuming this is just like her American accent uh, forces her to like go into a lower register. Husky, she has, yeah, she has a, a kind husky. of like low husky voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he just loves walking on people. Um, so she eventually like, cause she, she's the defense attorney for this, this suspected sniper. Um, and her dad is the DA. So she takes him out to like lunch or dinner at a coffee shop. And I just love the, the, she's like, Jack Reacher, why are you so hard to find? And he's like, well, I guess you could say it started as an exercise and became an addiction. Yeah. Jack Reacher's whole thing is he's a weird drifter because he used to be an MP in the military for like, you know, most of his life. And now he's back in the States, but like he likes the idea of like total privacy, I guess. And so like he doesn't have a phone. He, you know, just takes bus tickets everywhere so he can't be traced. Like he's just like pretty insane, I think you could say. Like he's not wearing a mask. He's not social distancing. At one point, eh, he may. I don't know. Who knows with him? Um, he, he likes to think of himself clever. 
at one point later in the movie, he's like has this monologue with Roseman Pike about like, oh, imagine you're me and you come back to America to see the freedom you fought for and you just see a bunch of people in cubicles, blah, blah. Like, wouldn't you do what I do or something like that? It's like, no, I don't know. No. Like, your life seems tough. Well, that monologue works until the end because he's just like, I've spent my whole life fighting for freedom and I look at these people, show me which one of them is free. And then he like, then he goes, and tell me which one of them wouldn't live like I live. And it's like, whoa. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, they have You're washing phones. your clothes in a hotel sink, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you may not even, you might be just raw dogging those pants right now. I don't know. And you're probably uh, like eating all your meals at like diners. That, that can't be good long term. Yeah. At best, out of diners. And he's one of those guys we find out who like stares at the waitress a little too long. Yeah. Like a little too long. Oh, we know the type. Yeah. Uh, Yo, we know the type. Um, so we meet one of the funkies for the bad guys, an actor of three first names, Michael Raymond James, who's like the secret bad guy from the first season of True Blood. I oh, love yeah, the tropes uh, they play up here. Renee, right? I'm yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. it's Renee. Um, so it's like, how do we know in this 30-second scene that he's bad? Because he's at a he's parked at a construction site and he's just been handed a brown paper bag full of cash. Yeah. And he's <laughs> on the phone, like talking about Jack Reacher. I don't know, but like, yeah, there's parts of this movie like that, like logically kind of makes sense to me when he goes into like the four types of people who join the military. I'm like nodding my head. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I've got that somewhere. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, There are four types of people who join the military. For some, it's a family trade. Others are patriots eager to serve. Next, you have those who just need a job. Then there's the kind who want a legal way, a legal means of killing other people. Oh, Jesus. So we find out what kind of bad boy James Barr was in Iraq, where he gives us like hilarious look at his spotter while he's on Overwatch at point. Like, oof, if you weren't here, I'd be shooting so many people. I'd be hitting those brain stems. Yeah. It's and just, he's like, this guy is a sniper in Iraq, but he like never gets the, the clear to, you know, shoot anyone. And so he's like so backed up for not being able to murder people. He just like decides to go do it on his own in Iraq. And it turns out he happened to kill like a bunch of mercs who uh, yeah. were, like, totally corrupt anyway. And so, like, the, the military made it go away, even though, like, Reacher had him dead to rights. <laughs> corrupt. That's the nice way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> can avoid what they're really doing. It's not good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a shot there to show that as he's, like, you know, he's so backed up, where he's, like, in his bunk, cutting his own blanket. Very phallically. Like, yeah, like, he's, like, this knife just, like, pops up, like a knife <laughs> cock from his blanket to make a silencer. <laughs> Um, uh, so like, you know, like he makes it seem like a big deal. Like I caught this guy, yeah, but it's like at the same time, I'm like, how many suspects in this area were expert level marksmen? <laughs> oh, he does have a line somewhere where he's just like, you're talking to Emerson. He's like, I do the same thing you do. Uh, except all the suspects, you know, I had were trained killers. So I did some reading up and that's not, that would not be true because apparently military police do not handle murder investigations. I mean, I don't know anything about the military. All I know is that my dad is in the army. He told me the MPs were the dumbest motherfuckers in the service. So maybe he's a go. special MP. Well, he's definitely special. Yeah. Jack Reacher. Um, so, you know, Gone Girl asked Jack Reacher to be her lead investigator so that he can see all the evidence. And he's just like, you want me to look at this cold-blooded killer objectively? All right, fine, on one condition. So he gives her like the fucked up counter task, which is she has to go and talk to all the victims' families. It's like no. trying to prove a point or something. Yeah. It, this would never happen. And these people would never talk to her. Oh, 
in theory, he wants her to like learn more about them because that's going to help him in his investigation. But really, it's like he's punishing her. Yeah, he's yeah, like, I'm, just, he I'm going to make this as awkward for you as possible to like, and because her her whole thing is like she, the reason she took this case is she doesn't think that the um the capital you know punishment has been fair in the city mm-hmm. because the DA like only takes cases he can win and they like basically force people to plea because they're afraid of getting executed. So like yeah. that's kind of like her crusade here against her father. And he doesn't seem to care about that one bit. Yeah. And it's seemingly like nothing that she learns in her talking to the victims benefits him at all. It's like he's already figured I mean, out he, all the answers prior. It's, it's somehow we already knew. Yeah. But he like just wants her to know too. Yeah, whatever. Um, and I feel like it's just to give her scenes and give you a little more to set up who these characters are yeah and like make the o-line archer thing like more of a surprise but even the detective i think has a begrudging crush on jack reacher because he's good he's got comebacks um he can yeah. mil- he can remember memorize like serial numbers on rifles and y- years on the quarters What's the date on the quarter yeah <laughs> yeah so also, jack we, goes to a- i want to say real quick we did find out that apparently jack reacher uh he's uh kind of a troublemaker even as an mp he uh, got demoted to captain and then worked his way back up to major again. Yeah. I feel like that should mean more to me, but it doesn't. Um, Cause I don't, the only military ranks I understand are naval ones from Star Trek. I think those are, there's nothing in between there as far as I know, oh. but I guess okay. it just, I, I assume that like, if you get demoted, seeming like your career is over. One would guess like when you're uh, an officer, but this somehow he worked his way back up. Plus, in the military, I feel like you can only go so far as a confirmed bachelor. I think they like the idea that you've married into the... Alec Baldwin and Departed has some thoughts on that, yes. Yeah, the institution of marriage. Yeah, it's a good move for you. Shows everyone your cockworks. So he goes to this bar where Jump Around is blasting, which is, I don't know, funny to me. You get at least two women up front, noticeable, checking out Jack Reacher. But of course, why does he go to this bar? This is one of these little cheats the movie does where like it doesn't really explain. I think he's just getting a meal. I guess, but it's it's very convenient. Like he's like running the details of the murders through his head when Sandy comes up. But it's like, this is not a place I would go to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even the, the waitress, they does that like kind of like holds the plate for a second as she's taking it. So you can like make oh. eye contact with her. Yeah. Oh. I mean, maybe oh. maybe she is like the potential next, you know, babe in a thong putting her bra back on the next morning. Maybe this is his his game here. He's just like hitting on waitresses constantly. This seems like the shittiest move. Because oh, our yeah, yeah, mutual for sure. friend, yeah. our mutual friend is one of those guys who like hands the money and like holds it so he can like rub thumbs with the waitress. Or just anytime you kind of demand a service person's attention like that. Yeah. And it's like they have to yeah. be nice to you. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Man. Like you. You've made them the captive audience at your like sexual improv show. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ugh. Um, yeah. So Sandy comes over like a honeypot, but oh man, there is so much energy. Like she can't believe how dorky and old this guy is. <laughs> yeah, she's seriously like, like not on the same wavelength as him at all. <laughs> I I love Sandy, but she is the most uneven character in this movie. <laughs> I just feel bad for Sandy. I wish she'd got out of town. I know. Why the fuck didn't she get out of town? <laughs> that's the kind of girl she is the movie would have there's us a, believe yeah yeah the movie takes a real negative view of sandy but like there is a uh ridiculous joke set up here where she's just like seriously i work at the auto parts store she works at default auto parts yeah <laughs> uh so this guy jeb 
who I, I don't know if he's her boyfriend or her dealer or her coworker shows. I guess he's her coworker. This guy was and, young and striker. Boyfriend, seemingly. Yeah. Yeah. He's like young striker in one of the X-Men movies. This guy has a fantastic, like he looks like a douche. Like he looks like I would not set my drink around him. But he also has a fantastic, I just got kicked in the nards face. He has weird cheekbones too. Yeah. 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 So according to IMDb, this guy and Jai Courtney, who are both Australian, were supposed to have more scenes individually, but because they so struggled with their American accents, they had to be pared down. I love that. Which, first of all, this movie is to too long anyway. Um, but it is. It yeah, is. I like the idea that like somehow like maybe they're both setting each other off with their bad accents. Like they just can't <laughs> get through a scene together. Oi! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I they like have the, the one punk who comes up and says, "Hey, that's our sister," and he says that she could kiss her. Yeah, because Jack Reacher knew before guy. he even walked into this bar, like what the whole situation was. Somehow, this guy's whole personality, his whole affect, is that peacoat, and he's in a different movie yeah. altogether. So, like I said, I love the movie just the, the first punch. And so, the basic the idea is that you know it's not five guys; it's it's three guys. I'll take out the first guy, which is you. And then there'll be two enthusiastic wingmen. And the other two, they always run. And he's right, of course. It is also so, one thing I noticed here. When you, we first see Sandy, she's just wearing a leather jacket and has like a plaid shirt. Because that's a, that's a kind of all we see of her. We don't see anything like below like her like, you know. It's a skirt. It's like a jean skirt. But we don't see it at first. It isn't until she gets outside and we're like, oh, she's in like a weird like halter situation. Mm. Sandy is like dressed for i don't know man like a toby keith concert or something yeah um so the idea is that they're basically setting this up like he's just like picking a bar fight and he's gonna either get killed or get arrested so the cops get show out of the way yeah and the response time is so good that they must have already been called so he's in prison and rosamund pike and detective emerson come to see him and i love the uh he's just like he doesn't look at them at first and he's just like anyone dead Detective emerson's like and if they are jack reach is like then they died of shame because <laughs> i went easy on him yeah <laughs> i just love when he has the one guy's like he's got his foot and a, a grip you know and he's just like punching him in the stomach i really wanted him to punch him like straight in the balls at that point i like thought I, he was punching him in the balls i think he gets him in like the stomach he, he kicks uh, another dude in the balls for sure he like the main guy jeb he like kind of like kicks behind like up into his crotch okay Jack Reacher's like, all of your balls belong to me now. Jack Reacher is not the kind of guy who'd be like, no below the waist stuff. No. Like, no. I think he, I think he eye gouges at one point. Does he not? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does later on when he's fighting someone. He just like, it's in the, like the meth house that they go to or whatever. He like does an eye gouge and then just like beats one guy with another guy's head. I got two fighting moves. Yeah. One is three stooges. The other is your balls. So you get signed out of jail. We get a cameo from Lee Child here, as Jack Reacher says. There's three things cops never do. They don't vote Democrat. They don't drive to Cadillacs. And they never use personal vehicles. And Lee Child is like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm Lee Child, movie. you would know, Mr. British. <laughs> yeah. You miss, miss writing Mr. All-American Hero. Yeah. Uh, um, so Rosamund Pike gives the rundown of the victims, uh, like I mentioned. And then they're back at his hotel. This is when he's like doing like washing his shirt and he's just shirtless. And of course they do the thing where he does this move like, I need some sleep. So do you. And he like comes over and like leans over her in the hotel bed. And she's like, you don't really think I'm going to. Instead, he's just handing her her, his, her, her keys and like slapping them in her palm. Like yeah. you got to go, little missy. 
Yeah, like, haha, you thought I was coming on to you. Well, that's just your own biases, like, boom, in your face. Yeah. Joke's on you. I came 48 hours ago, so I'm good for a couple months. And then she, like, goes outside and has that, like, that flustered, oh, my God, cool you know, yeah. How? Oh, also, I'm a woman. I just made a fool of myself. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it's so, like, it's like Reacher in- intentionally, like, makes a move, like, he's about to, like, like hit on her or like, you yeah. know, get aggressive with her. And then like has this attitude of like in your dreams. Yeah. He intentionally gets in her personal space. He could very well have just said, you know, your keys. Yeah. I don't know why you're sitting on your keys, miss, but you're sitting on your keys, get them and get the fuck out. No. I mean, it's funny. Cause like this mindset definitely, you know, you think like Republican hero or whatever, but like, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Aaron Sorkin did this kind of shit in the West Wing all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Ainsley Hayes would like, she couldn't just like meet the president. She had to go like walk into the other room, which was actually a closet and sit there for a while. Because, ooh, um, yeah. So then we, we see Chai Courtney and the Zach. I don't um, see you, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah Renee Courtney- here like doesn't like, he's, he's just heard of the Zach and knows like, if you meet this guy, you're dead pretty much. There's like there's like five percent like Darth Maul energy to what Jai Courtney's doing. A little bit here, but like later when he's like meditating on his gun. Yeah, and he he at least had kind of has like the moves down of like a villain, the way he kind of like pulls his gun out and holds it, or like he just like has like a hacksaw like tucked into his jacket in case he needs it. Yeah, yeah. My my headcanon is that he's the Zex grandkid. You think the Zex getting it wet? I mean, look at him. It's, it's the sex appeal alone. Apparently, I was watching some video. Um, the like Russian guy in like the speed suit, mm-hmm. he's like missing a finger, and so it's like he, he like had to pass his X test. Apparently, at one point, but Jack Cordy's not missing a finger, so I, I feel like there's some nepotism. Huh? He's like he's a. Uh, I think I've made this joke before. He's the Eric Trump to Miles yeah. Teller's uh, Don Jr. Well, it's, um, it seems like a rather small operation. Like they're they kind of contract out to like local scumbags, but like seemingly there's only like two people in the main operator or no three, I guess there's like the Russian dude, Jake Courtney and the Zek. And like, I don't know, maybe they have a couple other flunkies. There's a couple other flunkies that we don't know if they're local contractors or what yeah. we'll go into their operation because their operation is overblown for how stupid it is. Um, but yeah, they have, the organization has a way of, of doing things and making people look the other way. We make it messy now. So it won't be messy later. I mean, when they do, I don't know. Done. I'd like to, I'd like to hear from people. If like Werner Herzog came to chat you up in a bar, I feel like he's taking you home. Okay. I think that'd be, that'd be hard to pass up. I mean, I bet this guy spits weird apocalyptic game. Sure. You will sleep with me tonight because the meaningless There's... of life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Going. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, he's trying not to look at Werner Herzog's face because he knows that's death. And literally, it looks like death. He's like, got, He's got two fingers eye. left. Yeah. Oh, in two different hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his um, eyes are. I don't think he's supposed to be blind, but there's yeah, maybe one of them he's blind or something like that. Um. So then the next day, like Reacher, he's still asking like, "Oh, we got to find this guy's friend and like where he shoots at," you know, because he's like sure that this guy's a friend. Then he goes to the gun range too. And he's like, take me to the auto parts store. I don't know where. That's what Sandy said. Take me to the auto. You know, like she works at the auto parts store. Also, the other thing about bars is that the creep made his own bullets. Sure. Because he shot so much that I assume it's like cheaper or something. Sure. I don't know. It seems like a lot of work, but. 
Yeah. I mean, you got to crank every one of those things too. Um, yeah. So default auto parts. The conversation oh. he has with like the dude at the counter here. Gary. She's like immediately threatening Gary. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> yeah. And he like, whatever. So like Sandy, like it's such a weird thing. Like Sandy's in Gary's office. They have no customers whatsoever, by the way. Sure. Um, like Gary's the manager, but Sandy's in there like doing the books because apparently Gary's just that stupid. I, I kind of buy this whole setup. Like I feel like Sandy for as regressive a character in some ways, they flesh her out. Like she seems yeah. three dimensional. Well, this scene, the the thing that strikes me as wrong is like Gary refuses to leave the office and she gives Gary this look like, come on, Gary, leave. And I kept thinking like, why wouldn't she be signaling for him to go call the cops? I maybe she's just like so terrified slash enamored with Jack Reacher that she, I don't know. She's seen this dude like take apart five people. Yeah. Well, and, and she she's has, like possibly, you know, the possible illegal situation, like helping that fight happen. And so maybe she mm-hmm. doesn't want the cops involved because of that. Maybe. I'm sure you remember the brilliant line reading by Dominic Swain in Face Off. I'm sorry I shot you, Dad. Yeah. I feel like Sandy rivals that with, I'm really sorry, mister. You were supposed to be a pervert. Well, for some reason, her dialogue here is it's a lot of like misters. Like, I feel like she's about to start talking like Harley Quinn or something. Yeah, she's just some kind of mister. Who folklore. are you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. She does the who are you anyway thing. And like, he's just like, I'm Batman. There's a little vibe of like, I'm Batman throughout this whole movie. But then after Jack Reacher has scared her so bad that she's probably pissed herself. She's still like, I get off at six. (laughs) He's just like, let me make you feel even more pathetic for even offering now. And then, oh, she says, it's just what girls like me do. God damn. That I I feel like they were doing okay with Sandy until that moment. Yeah. It's like, come on. I mean, unless this is like some kind of secret, brilliant comment on how we just chew up and spit out young women, yeah. devour their potential. I, yeah, I don't, don't think that's what they're going for. Yeah. Um, so he goes to Jeb's house. I love, I mean, the, the, he's got the comebacks too, where she's borrowed Jeb's Camaro and she's like, he can't take the car. It's Jeb's. And he's like, then won't he be surprised when I drive it home for him? Well, he does this weird thing where he's just like, I'm not stealing this, right? You're letting me borrow it. And it's like, yeah, I don't think that would oh, hold up. Oh, later. But even here, he's kind of doing that like, like, can I use this car, you know, as though, like, yeah. this is legit permission and not, like, clearly coerced. Oh, surely Jack Reacher is uh, a big fan of just, uh, I got verbal consent. Yeah. And yeah. I, would, I would die on that hill. Yeah. The, he's at Jeb's house. Like, Jeb's mom is, like, apparently so meffed out. But at the same time, she's able to call, like, the local color. Uh, this this of, might be. Thuggery. Yeah, this might be the only time Jack Reacher is possibly wrong. In the whole movie, because he like he sees this woman, she's just like kind of like spaced out in a rocking chair on the porch. There's like a like a literal like meth pipe sitting next to her, and he's mm. just like, "Hey, look at this uh, like you know driver's registration document. I'm gonna pretend it's a warrant. I'm just gonna go inside. Cool." And she doesn't say yeah. anything, so he goes in. And it's like, "Oh no, she is actually pulling out a cell phone to like call some thugs on you." So maybe that was a one time you were wrong, Jack Reacher. Yeah, yeah. So these two idiots show up, or three idiots, but two of them show up with like bludgeoning instruments, and it's comical. It's a whole like, he, Tom Cruise kind of loves this. Like he he likes to kind of like act like he's like detached from what's happening to be like, can you believe this? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like 
can't believe these guys keep trying to beat me up and they they suck at it. I'm just going to give them this weird look like, huh, you suck. Well, it's like the one time he can step away from the like, I'm a real man yeah. to like, look how tiny I am compared to this thug, you know? Um, but yeah, so like they're in this like tiny little bathroom and like they're hitting each other and like missing and like, they get one hit on Jack Reacher and then they're beating each other up so much more so than he actually could hurt them. And then the Pico guy shows up. And he fucks that guy up. And then after like the, he's he's beating the, the one guy with the other guy's head, he like takes Pico and he's just like, look at your friends. Look at my face. Am I stealing this car? Want to see, yeah. what, do you ever want to see me again? <laughs> he's like, no, man. Yeah. Um, Am I stealing your car? You can have it for as long as you need it. Yeah. I did like yeah. – I don't think that holds up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. I didn't accord a lot. Yeah. I did like the bit where he's been like snooping around in this house and he kind of like walks past the bathroom and comes back and picks up the phone. And then it's like it clicks what he just saw in the bathroom. He like hangs the phone back up and like wipes it off or prints because he realized that like the shower curtain is torn off. Like, you know, somebody used that to hide a body. Yeah. Yeah. So we never see it, but Jeb got iced by, uh, by Jai Courtney at some point in the scene they cut because they couldn't do their accents. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I think Jeb got iced by Renee from True Blood, and that's why Renee got I mean, iced. That, yeah, that's right. She, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he overreached. Yeah. yeah. So this is the the scene where he goes to Rosamund Pike's office, and again, the insane amount of cleavage. Um, and he's like going how the evidence is almost too good. And, you know, Barr would have done things differently just because of his training. Uh, he's obviously a, a patsy, and at first she's just like, "Holy shit, you're a paranoid lunatic!" What was I, I thinking? I, you yeah. wanted one last case, and you're not going to let it go. Yeah, yeah. So then they get the great thing where he's just like, "By the way, that car over there has been following me since you picked me up this morning." Well, he has a whole so. monologue. I want you to look out this window and see all those people in their cubicles, and I'm going to monologue about like freedom. And also, I want you to look over there now. That car's been following me all day. Run the plates on it. Yeah. It's a lot happening in that monologue. Yeah. Um, so, of course, Liebendauer, that's the Liebendauer Enterprises is like the evil conglomerate here. They have somebody in the DMV or whatever who like can tell them when someone runs their plates. Also, they're giving out company cars to their thugs. Yeah, big mistake. I mean, if you're Henchy, like dresses just in track suits, don't give him a company car. Or at least have like a shell company, not the main Seriously. company. But yeah, the yeah. leaving our enterprise, their whole thing is they uh they're just like these vultures who move from city to city, like corrupting the local, you know, police and uh uh government and getting like a bunch of contracts to like build stuff that doesn't need to be built just to you know, rake in the uh like the infrastructure money, I guess. Yeah, just they're building shitty infrastructure. Yeah. Bridges like, to nowhere, yeah. What is the profit margin so high that it requires this? At one point, do you be like, here's how much we've spent both time and money doing this. Here's what we actually raked in. We did not break even. I like that they mentioned Sacramento as one of the cities they hit. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe that, maybe that's why that like interchange on a 80 to 65 took like 10 years to be built. Yeah. Emphasize Sacramento, too. Yeah. She's like, oh, and Sacramento, wink. Um yeah, so they basically want to kill the one woman, and they're basically doing Agatha Christie's, you know, ABC murders to kill the other five to cover it up, so it won't be traced to them. Yeah, Oline Archer had a local construction company that they need, like, to possess in order to like 
get access to all these contracts or something. I, I suppose that's what it is. Yeah, she I was. I don't know why the they need her company specifically, but sure. Really? Yeah. Also, there's not a better way to to take over her company. It's like they're going to stop her from getting a loan. Like that's whatever. And then, um, then there's a scene where like uh, instead of getting out of town, like Jack Reacher advice or Sandy's, you know, dolled herself up and she's going out to party, I guess, or something. And she runs into Jay Courtney doing this like weird, like, Hey, remember me? I'm just like a nice guy, buddy friend. Like, Hey, you want to go out sometime thing? Like just chatting her up enough, I guess, to distract her. So that, like his Russian buddy can come in and murder her or punch her in the face, or punch her in the face her. to knock her out. So then he can murder her by uh, smothering her. Yeah. Yeah, she's wearing an outfit that I'm sure that I've seen young Keir Knightley wear in a different movie. His, I find, even the way he seemingly, according to the movie, dials into her perfectly, so insulting. Because he's like, sure, you remember me. We were at that party. We were both pretty fucked up. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck I, you. I guess the way I'm reading this is he's counting. And this is a bold move on his part because I don't think he can really pull this off. That she's politely acknowledging me that she doesn't remember him. That and that she is at least a little bit interested in him and like willing to go along with it. Like I think that's what we're supposed to get is that like she's at least a little bit intrigued by this guy. So she's like, sure, I remember that. I, I again, I find it so insulting that Sandy, who's just gone through the Jeb and the Tom Cruise thing, is now going to be like, "Ooh, here's a new creep that I'm instantly excited about." Um, I, I feel like if Jack Reacher told me to get out of town after all I'd seen, just from her mm-hmm. perspective, I'd probably yes. do it. You know, I would at least stay home and watch Netflix that night. I mean, like, unless he had like concert tickets and he really wanted to go or something, you know, like, yeah. do you have a really good reason to stay in town, or yeah, can he can he go visit mom? Yeah, I don't know if you know that I would stay and finish, you know, doing Gary's books. Yeah. Um, but the guy hits her so hard that she's knocked out with her eyes open. And then Jai Courtney just kneels down and like covers her mouth and nose and like suffocates her. Uh, um, yeah, there's starting to be some uh, some heat between Jack Reacher and Rosamund Pike. She's even doing callbacks to the you should sleep. He's going to go check out and the, the shooting ranges. Well, she has to like, hey, you should sleep. I've got something for you. And kind of like takes his hand and like presses a piece of paper into it and closes it. Like it's like way more physically intimate than she needs to like, I, and I, I assume Jack Reacher because he's, you know, he already like, you know, blew his load at the beginning of the movie. He's like, I'm good for another week. So like yeah, your, yeah. your feminine wiles have no effect on me. <laughs> Much like a supernatural creature, Jack Reacher only needs to blow his load once a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, they dump Sandy's body at the motel where Jack Reacher's staying. Like detective like finds it and it's kind of played interesting. Like it seems like he recognizes her as being part of this, but he feels this almost like fatherly rage that this young soul was taken out. But really he also knows that she's collateral damage in the frame up and he's in too deep as it is. I mean the, the, the bit with the, the lady who runs the motel is hilarious. He's just like, I need to know if you've got any like uh, guests staying at the hotel who could kill a woman with one punch. And she's like, you want the five, four guys staying in like three C. <laughs> yeah. That's like definitely like a line written for, you know, if they'd cast the rock as Jack Reacher, the rock, we keep saying the rock because the rock actively like sought out this role. Well, and like what? he, it's that kind of physique. It's, it's not just like he's tall. It's just a fucking big lummox of a dude. You know, here's my problem with the rock. In this role, and in most of the roles where Rock plays like a normal guy, is he's so big and jacked that I feel like he has to like turn sideways to go into a door. 
I mean, I guess The Rock could do it. I, I'd be curious to see if The Rock would be willing to play a character who's at least somewhat unlikable. Yeah. I mean, maybe not uh, I don't think to the can. audience, but like diegetically, just kind of like a gruff asshole, you know? I don't think he can. I yeah. don't think he can. I I can't. I would love to see him just do a reading of just the, uh, I can't afford you, Sandy. <laughs> yeah, just I feel like The Rock wouldn't want to do a scene like that where he's just like, well, this guy's kind of a sexist prick. Yeah, like I just I don't think The Rock is going to be like, oh, guys, I'm implying that she's a sex worker. I can't do that. That's rude. Yeah. Um, Booker would have gotten the joke. Yeah. <laughs> so it's when he comes back to the hotel, he sees the cop, he sees the ambulance, he sees that Sandy's dead. She's probably been, he's probably been framed. I love the, like be, the draw by David Yellowway here where he, like they're staring each other down. And he like um, he just has this like really cool move where he like throws his like the jacket coat back and like pulls his gun out. Like, I don't know. I this guy should be in more stuff and not like, you know, the sixth member of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went to play MLK right after this. Um, yeah. Also again, get another insert though, where Jack Reacher grabs that gear shift, which is another long phallic thing of a big ball on the end of it. Um, peels out in his muscle car, chased by the cops. We get the, the chase scene that we both enjoy. Um, and then the, uh, he's rescued by the people of Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, I feel like one of the people in this crowd would have totally narked on him. <laughs> hey, yep. officer, whoever you're looking for, is there a reward? If so, it's this little guy right here. <laughs> and it's just, it's not only is it the people of Pittsburgh, but it's like this like diverse, multi, multi-ethnic crowd of people who are all like defending Jack Reacher. It's like, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. So the DA and detective visit Rosamund Pike and fill them in what happened. Apparently it wasn't Peacoat's Mustang at all. It was also belonged to Jeb Oliver. So Jeb Oliver, the meth king of Pittsburgh, drove a Camaro and a Mustang and lived in squalor. Um, so Rosamund Pike says uh, she hasn't seen Jack Reacher for a while. And Richard Jenkins is like, I think she's telling the truth. Rosamund Pike's like, oh, you think I'm telling the truth? <laughs> Dad, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and then Reacher calls and kind of. He's like, by the way, I stole your car. Yeah. <laughs> That's my move. So when when she was doing that thing where she presses something into his hand, she was giving him the address of a shooting range that they think he was going to because of like his like gas records and or his uh uh not gas records but receipts for his like his ATM. He would always withdraw money in like two days in a row, so it's like oh he must be driving somewhere. And this is yeah the only uh, shooting range that like kind of matches what you know where this guy would potentially shoot at. So he's going to go check this place out the next day. So we get Robert Duvall being folksy as shit. There's some real patriotic dick rubbing with this army versus jarhead shit here. Um, some real man's man stuff. Like Robert Duvall will only cooperate with Jack Reacher if he can like prove his skill of shooting as if this is a test of character. Well, I, I think we're supposed to know that because Robert Duvall is like 100 years old, he gets that the name that Jack Reacher gives him is like a Yankee second baseman. And so he, he knows that Jack Reacher isn't who he says he is. But he, mm-hmm. but he also somehow knows who Jack Reacher really is, or maybe guesses. Which I know it's ridiculous for to be the guy who points out plot holes in a Jack Reacher movie or gaps in logic. But you, can, you can't drive a truck through it. But it's like, suppose that he's only come to America twice. Yeah. Uh, where he claims that he did his shooting that he saw him 10 years earlier would have involved Jack Reacher coming back to America. So. I guess he just doesn't count that. Yeah, he apparently yeah. like won like the Wimbledon Cup, whatever that is, some sort of like shooting trophy or something. Because um, he's, you, by the way, like it's like it's never been mentioned till now. I'm not sure if Jack Reacher's even held a gun up until now in the movie, but it's like 
by the way, this guy's like the most amazing marksman in the world. Mm-hmm. Because of his uh, over the top move where he uh, starts on his back yeah. and rolls into it. <laughs> Not only is he just like, just like the biggest swinging dick MP that ever existed, but he's like, just like a triple A level marksman. I don't know. I, I enjoy a movie. If it can take like a, a kind of world and subset of people that I don't give a shit about and like make me, I don't know, get the inside jokes. Cause he's like talking about the thing where he's like, you want me to do this crazy thing where I have to put three bullets in the black? Can I at least get some warm up bullets? And he's like, you get one. And I'm like, Ooh, he only gets one. And I'm like, I don't know shit about guns. <laughs> well, I think Duval is a fun character in this because he's kind of the only one who kind of like plays back at Jack Reacher. Cause Jack Reacher is just like this condescending asshole to everyone. But like yeah. it, it doesn't work on Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall is like instead like giving him shit. So he's a good dynamic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as he's about to start shooting, he yells play ball because presumably he realizes the alias is a 1925 Yankee second baseman. But also apparently this is a reference to something he did in the natural. So yeah, whatever. I don't think, I don't think so. Um, um, I do like the shot where it's Jack Reacher's walked all the way, you know, like a thousand yards or however far this is to like hang up his little target. And there is a kind of like, if he looks back, like, there's that gun sitting next to Robert Duvall there. Like, if this guy doesn't trust Jack Reacher, he could just shoot him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, did you notice in, during this uh, sequence here, like, somebody's walking up behind them? Yes, it felt like like we got the scary music, too. And it's like, right? oh, who's that going to be? And then the person's just not there. I, I'm going to guess that they, like, cut something out. It's very well, strange. I, I couldn't tell if that was supposed to, like, blend into the flashback of Barr and Jai Courtney shooting together. Oh, maybe it's something like that. Yeah. Like it felt very weird. Like it felt weird to have like Jack Reacher doing this very physical thing in the present. Maybe it is because it's the same same clothes, I think. So maybe, maybe that's what's going on is it's, it's some sort of like, uh, I don't know, reality blending flashback where Jai Courtney's walking I quite get that elsewhere. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, I don't know, this, this, his whole vibe here with the, of this shooting scene and the aliases, it half reminds me of like animated Robin Hood shit. It half reminds me of, you know, that terrible Saint movie of Val Kilmer and Elizabeth <laughs> Shue, where for some reason in that movie, he like puts on disguises and use the names of the Catholic saints, which is yeah. not what that character ever did in the books or the movies or shows. Anyway, so saw him shoot 10 years earlier. So he knew it was Jack, Jack Reacher and. Basically, getting these three shots has earned him one question. <laughs> yeah, who, who's your best shooter? And he says James Barr, and he's like, "No, that can't be the case." So they discover that uh, James Barr had a friend who's like switching his targets with, so James Barr could like look like hot shit by getting his, uh, you know, like perfect targets up on the wall, but it was really the other guy doing the shooting. And then we see he's got a little video camera. Uh, oh, the circular logic here. Jack Reacher says. One of these nuts is likely to kill you if they find a security camera here. And Robert Duvall says, hell, I've got that security camera here because one of these nuts is likely to kill me. I feel like it's an acknowledgement that uh, gun nuts are insane. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's like it's kind of positions this idea of like Robert Duvall and Jack Reacher are, are like the good gun nuts. You know, they're they're the responsible ones. The 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 one good guy of a gun who can yeah. stop a thousand bad guys of a gun. OK, cool. Cool. Well, because later on when they uh, are going to have like the shootout at the quarry, like he won't give Jack Reacher his gun. He's just like, 
you know, hell no. Like I'm not giving some guy I barely know a gun to go shoot with. This is, you know, this is my gun. Yeah. You can have a knife. Uh, so they find this footage of James Barr coming in with his buddy, Jai Courtney. It's hilarious because there's like the freeze frame of Jai Courtney looking straight at this hidden security <laughs> yeah. camera making psycho face. <laughs> well, Reacher, uh, Reacher collects the uh, targets because they'll presumably have Jai Courtney's fingerprints on them to use as yeah. evidence. So uh, even though he's she's been warned not to, uh, Rosamund Pike goes to her father, Richard Jenkins, to like lay out what's really happening here. And of course, he's like, I'm not going to believe any of this. Oh. I love that he says, how much is, do you actually believe? And this is the line from her. It doesn't matter how much I believe. It doesn't even matter how much I can prove. It just matters how much of it's true. Well, Richard set up earlier, like, hey, you can't trust your dad and Emerson. Like, one of them could be the leak because of, like, stuff that's happened. Like, you know, there's a leak in the department there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Richard Jenkins also has a picture of his office of him shaking hands with George W. Bush. Naturally. Could you imagine the uh, the court case where they have to, like like exhibit a and the evidence is like these um, targets that have been, have like Jack Courtney's fingerprints on there and like explaining that to the jury. They're like, well, you see there's this guy, Jack Reacher. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, how do you even, you know, give a subpoena to Jack Reacher? Yeah. I mean, unless like, like if the sequel, cause the second movie is dog shit, but imagine if the sequel started with like another babe, crawls out of bed of jack reacher like she's you know wide legs apart she's got the fuck like crazy puts her bra on and like turns around and like hands him a summons <laughs> that would happen yeah it's very uh, iron man too yeah so detective is in on it um he tasers yeah, Am- her in elevator. We find out is the the leak yeah leaves her for jai courtney so she's not just been kidnapped she's been gone girled um there's like that tent scene in the elevator where they're like talking to each other, but she's like nervous about him. And he's like kind of got a, a taser in his hand. It's like literally coming out of his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when he calls, finds out she's been kidnapped. And this is one of the greatest scenes of the movie where he just sticks with these guys by like constantly hanging up. Like you can keep the fucking lawyer. I got the evidence. Yeah. I've already got the evidence. Back. Keep the lawyer. Click. <laughs> yeah. And just the punctuation at the end of this though, where Jai Courtney's like, fine, you got a pen. And he's just like, I don't need one. It's established earlier that he has like a, you know, didactic memory. Thankfully, they don't straight up say it like Robert Langdon. Yeah. Yeah. That helps. Um, so Robert Duvall shows up, you know, to help him with this quarry shootout. And he's delightfully crotchy. He's keeping one eye shut the whole time to save his night vision. I like how he's just like, hey, uh, no offense, but uh, when's the last time you shot? It is a perishable skill. <laughs> Well, because like Robert Duvall is just like, I'm only going to like do a couple shots because then I won't be able to see or whatever. So it's like, you know, I'm only going to help you so much and I'm going to wait to help you. And here's a knife, by the way. He's going to keep his eyes shut to like preserve night vision in one eye. And he's like, look, I'm not just going to start start like murdering people. Like if they fire on you, I'll help you. But like I can't just I can't just start sniping dudes unprovoked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Zek, by the way, if we haven't talked about it, means prisoner. I love how many prisoner, people human being. Yeah. Or human being prisoner. I don't know. Um, like I love how many people were just like, oh yeah, whatever language this is, I clearly am fluent. Somehow a bunch of people are fluent in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rosalind Pike, you know, she's held hostage for like at least three scenes in this like construction office. And she's just like, I can't believe that the money you're taking can possibly be enough. True. And he's like, enough. There is no such thing. We take what we can take. 
did us what we do. We take us gents. It's what we do. We take. You ever watch that movie? Wait, what? Takers. Takers. Oh no, 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 no. Is he wearing a funny little hat? He's uh he's got a, a whole look in that movie with like suspenders and a weird hat. Like he's like a like a weird like twenties vibe or something. Yeah, we're takers, gents. It's what we do. We take. Does he say daddy o? I don't think so. I think he okay. dies in that. There's there's a scene, he's supposed to be like one of the heavies, you know, like their crew, but like there's a particular scene where they're fighting and he gets like thrown by somebody and he he kind of just sees in comparison that like Hayden Christensen is just like real skinny compared to the other people. Like he's actually like not very jacked at all. I don't know. It's funny. Well, he, I feel like his, his physique can come and go. Like he's, you know, not skinny per se in like revenge of the Sith, but like the movie where he has sex with Jenna Malone. Like, I think he lost a bunch of weight for that. Anyway, you could imagine if they were making revenge of the Sith now and, and they cared to, he'd like go on like the Hugh Jackman, like bulk diet, you know, whatever, like to get all jacked. I don't know that Anakin Skywalker needs to be jacked. I think it's mostly just to fill out the Vader suit, really. Because uh, it was him in the suit, and he could definitely kind of tell that, like, he wasn't really filling it the way uh, David Prowse did it. Well, maybe he will get on the Hugh Jackman diet for whatever reason he could possibly be coming back to <sighs> Disney Plus for. Are, are you excited for Boba Fett and the Mandalorian? No, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Um, so... Speaking of Mandalorian, back to Werner Herzog. Uh, he like, I just love his dialogue. He's so fucking weird. Like, uh, whatever he's just like threatened Rosamund Pike with, he's just like, you say nothing, but I see defiance in your eyes. There's a look I've seen many, many times. When the soldier comes, when you see how he dies, it will change you. <laughs> he's he brings like a like a weird gravitas to this role that this movie doesn't fucking deserve. But at the same time. The 80s were all about like having like these kind of movies, but like their villainous weird. Yeah. Like well, the guy it, with the, the chainmail tank top in uh, Commando. Oh, that guy's absurd. But I feel like they knew like this that character is pretty ridiculous. We really need a ringer to play this guy. Like we need someone yeah. who is just going to do all the work for us that the dialogue can't. Mm-hmm. So uh Tom Cruise, you know, comes driving in. He's like driving in her car backwards using the rear the rear camera there's henchman there's drag courts and he's like the sniper robert devall's doing his sniper work it's kind of a precursor um to like the opera scene in ghost protocol or not ghost protocol uh rogue rogue nation i can see that a little it should have been called rogue state rogue nation um yeah so i'm tom cruise like i said still able to do that movie star movie character thing where he's like offense or intense and like uh, authoritarian but then like He'll be stuck in a knife in a fight if only a knife. And he's uh-huh. just like, oh boy, now I have to deal with this. Oh, and then he dropped the knife. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I do like Jay Courtney. He first like is doing this like weird meditation thing where he just like has this gun down in front of him. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like praying over it or something. And then <laughs> when he when Tom Cruise is like backing in, he's using like the rear view camera to drive. Jay Courtney, like he he kind of like looks at it, he's like, What's going on there? And then he just kind of smiles, like, aha, good move, sir. Well played. Well, and and McCory gets it to the to the same degree that I feel like the uh, the uh, Dubai skyscraper climbing gloves was probably a, a McCory thing, where it's like you know you have to lose that one glove immediately because yeah. he immediately just like hits a rock with his car like well before where he meant to drive to. Um, yeah, so it starts raining. Tom Cruise eventually kills all the henchmen, has just this gun on Jai Courtney, but it's I mean, like it's, 
it's effective. Time. Yeah, it's effective in the way he like is able to like will down the odds. I mean, because they don't have that many henchmen, and like I don't know, it's not. There's some movies where it's just like the hero just like starts blasting away, and like somehow not getting shot. Like Tom Cruise is definitely like running for cover and like almost getting hit constantly. Like it, it feels yeah. earned. Yeah. But at the same time, they don't do the thing like in Arnold movies where it's like he gets shot in the shoulder, but like the next yeah, scene, yeah. that doesn't matter. Yeah. Because Arnold's constantly taking bullets that would have flesh wounds, yeah. Slowed him down. <laughs> uh so they're in like outside the trailer where like Emerson's got the gun on her. He knows Emerson's the trailer, the traitor. Uh there's some great ins- inserts of like David Allen's like eyes coming around various angles of Rosamund Pike as he uses a human shield. Oh, I got the dialogue here. Please. I know you're in there, Emerson. They're staring me right in the face. The one piece that just didn't fit the quarter. Nobody would have thought to dump that meter. Not even me. Wow. <laughs> oh, one shot. He just like jumps past this thing and hits this guy in one shot. There's no way he wouldn't have hit her as well, but whatever. Jack Reacher, super gunman. Yeah, the, the quarter was always a piece of evidence he couldn't figure out because it was like it had the fingerprint of James Barr in it, but it was like, why would he have paid the meter? You know, yeah. like it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And why would you have pulled the meter? It's like, yeah, that's why. Yeah. Why would that have been your hunch? Yeah. So, so why is there a, a toll thing right there in a parking space in a parking garage? That seems odd. Wouldn't you have paid when you go in and out of the parking I, garage? I don't know. Maybe it's the type of garage that just has individual meters. It is a little weird. Yeah. Um, cause like what space is he at? Anyway, uh, um, Reacher confronts the Zek, who finds out his name means human prisoner. Um, says he's, he's not afraid to go to prison. I love that he kind of lays out that, like, you've killed all the other suspects who could have made me look guilty. So yeah. I'm just a confused old man who wandered into this. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, he's telling Helen to call the cops. And he's like, uh, the Zek is like monologuing about how he's going to get away with this. And, you know, if he even goes to prison, which is like, you know, like a holiday inn in America or mm-hmm. whatever. And so Dreacher just shoots him. Yeah. And Helen's like, what about the truth? What about getting the guys who really did this? What about bringing him to justice? And Jack Reacher says, I just did. I fucking hate that. Whatever. Um, I mean, I guess I understand the logic of it here. He's just going to like, this will be cleaner than a trial. This is Superman snapping necks. Is he Superman though? Like, it's not like he's really shown any moral uh, fiber before this. Yeah, yeah. But still, just the the like, oh, well, he had no other choice but to break this guy's neck. It's like, yeah, yeah. You know what it reminds me of is I remember like they're asking like Bill Clinton about Jack Bauer back in the day when 24 was first on. And he was yeah. like, well, Jack Bauer does the right thing. He always like goes rogue so that they can disavow him. So all the crazy shit he does won't blow back on the government. Not what I want to hear from the president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at a party, sure. Like in a in a microphone, in an interview? No, I don't want to hear that from the president. Um so later, like, you know, James Barr is woken up from his coma and Rosamund Pike confronts him. Um and we get this call back to the whole thing where like the cops aren't allowed to talk to him without her present, even though she's got her dad in the doorway. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Kind of uh, he, violating confidentiality there. Yeah, so because of the coma and the beating that the cops allowed him to take. He doesn't remember anything. He just assumes that he did it. So she's like, well, just out of curiosity, how would you have done it? And he does it the exact way that Jack Reacher surmised he would have done it. So Jack Reacher, of course, was right. And Richard Jenkins is there to see that James Barr must be innocent. Um, 
So this guy's now afraid. Like Jack Reacher's in reality, they prosecute him. this guy anyway. Yeah, absolutely, they do. Well, at first, I started to think, oh, is the moral trade-off that you know because he got away for like the massacre of the the rapists yeah, yeah. in Iraq, he'll go down for this crime? Uh, is it like karmically work out? But yeah, he's just like you don't understand. There's this guy. He's like the Terminator. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. He says yeah. this is like to close out the movie. James Barr monologues us. Uh, he says, there's this guy. He's kind of a cop. At least he used to be. He doesn't care about proof. He doesn't care about the law. He only cares about what's right. He knows what I did. You can't protect me. No one can. And it's like intercut with Jack Reacher is just like on a bus, right? You know, Greyhound somewhere. And like, there's like some asshole in the back, like yelling at his girlfriend and like, you know, about to like have a domestic violence situation happen on this bus. And like mm-hmm. everyone else is ignoring it. And it's like Jack Reacher's just like, nope, that's not going to happen on my watch. And he like goes back there to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Which like, mm-hmm. how does this guy not have a police record at all? Seriously. Well, you're, especially unless this bus just pulls over and dumps all of its like passengers out 10 minutes later. It's like now you're just stuck with this guy on the bus. <laughs> I guess we're just supposed to assume that like Jack Reacher is just so constantly going around being a hero that like people are just willing to like scrape, swipe everything out of the rug for him. You know, yeah. just be like, go on out of town, you, you know, magical cowboy. We'll cover this all up for you. Yeah. So I feel like it it kind of sets us up for what they assume will be a badass franchise, which it will not be. Um, I think they, I mean, this movie, I want to say, did better than expected. And it was like, oh, yeah, you could do a, like sequels to that because it's like. It's an action movie, but it's not like you don't need to spend like $200 million making one of these movies. You could probably make it for like 60 50 million. or 60. Yeah. And then the next movie, which I never saw because it got such bad reviews, was apparently just like a piece of shit. And it, it kind of killed the whole shit. franchise. Yeah. Well, so they were kind of wary on doing a sequel because this was made for 60, but it didn't make a ton. And then the second one is like got a $90 million budget and looks so much cheaper than this movie. I don't um, even know if that's like certainly didn't spend like the money weird, in the script. Like, tax cheat or something. Yeah, yeah. But the money didn't go into the script. It didn't go into casting. Because um, other than like Colby Smulders, like, oof. Well, this one is $218 million worldwide, which is pretty good for, you know, $60 million budget. I don't know how they spent more on the next one. I don't know. I, I wonder if that was something, because I was reading there was like some dispute with some producer who like sued for the first movie because he like wanted rights to it. Like mm. maybe... It was like, okay, well, you want to make a sequel? You got to pay Tom Cruise like his full rate and it's going to suck. And then we'll just be out of the contract or something, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just want to go through alternate casting choices that they had real quick. Sure. For Helen, they wanted Haley Atwell, Britt Marling, and Alexa Davalos. Okay. Who I loved her in her first episode on Angel. Um, I didn't like her subsequent appearances. For Jack Reacher, of course, they wanted Brad Pitt, Hugh Jackman, Vince Vaughn. Jamie Foxx and Will Smith. And of course, The Rock sure. wanted it. Well, this is one of those characters that have been bouncing around forever. Like uh, like your Dirk Pitt from the Clive mm-hmm. Custer books. It's just like airport novel hero who it's they're always looking for the next Jack Ryan, basically. I mean, of the actors I just listed, I could see Brad Pitt doing it and I could see Will Smith doing it. Will Smith would be I'd, interesting. I'd, well, he'd be much more likable. Yeah, he'd, he'd be, be Hancock. Uh-huh. That's like the level of gruff and misanthropic he wants to go. I definitely can't see Vince Vaughn in this role. Oh, that'd be gross. Yeah, fuck him. Emerson, you're so money, you don't even know it. Pop, pop, pop. 
complaints, nice changes. Um, feel like you could you could maybe tone down the misogyny, all the casual misogyny there, which I I don't think the movie thinks it's being misogynist. I think they think they're getting away with it because Jack Reacher is just like telling it how it is and like being direct and honest, but it's it's there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, look no further than Sandy. I mean, yeah. they done my girl Sandy wrong, but man, they didn't do her favors throughout. Jack, like you said, Jack Reacher is a little too good. Um, the the one shot Detective Emerson is maybe a bridge too far. Fortunately, it's the end of the movie. Also, does Helen really need to go talk to the victims' families? I, I think you could probably lose about twenty minutes. The Helen talking to the it's victims' family and the the whole thing where they go to like Jeb's like meth house or whatever. It doesn't really do much for the movie. I mean, at least tighten it up. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, it's two hours and eleven minutes. It just this could be like long. an hour and forty five, just fine. And it'd be great if it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then as far as make one change, um, how about maybe Sandy doesn't proposition Jack Reacher like that just it made her seem so pathetic for like after everything he's done to her and is like ordering around, he's going to take her car and she's just like, so I get off at six. It's like, come on. Yeah. Give her a little yeah. respect. Or don't have him say you should get out of town. I don't mind that. I mean, I feel like I feel like that was for her to blatantly not do it. Yeah, well, because I feel like Jack Reacher was like, I can see that like she probably got put up to this by her like shitty boyfriend. She's working a real job here. She seems like she's you know like has it's not irredeemable. You know, it's not she's not like a villain of the, of this no, piece. No. And so he's like, hey, why, why don't you just get out of town? I can see that. This is a whole like proposition that it's just what girls like me do. Like all that is just ugh. well, but because to me the 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 movie is setting up this reasoning that. He told her to get out of town. She did not get out of town. So maybe she kind of deserves it. It's like, eh, yeah. I don't like that. I mean, even her, you know, being involved in like setting up a honeypot bar fight is not great. But it's like she's like, supposedly you were a pervert. So it's like, yeah, they told I mean, me I, you're I kinda, a pervert. Yeah, I can kind of buy that. Well, she's like doing like sexy vigilante work. I respect that. All right. Well, uh, I just did 10 for power rankings. Yeah, I have 10. <laughs> we have, like, I'm going to be like, I got 19. Yeah. No, <laughs> I got 10. Who's your 10? Uh, you know it is. It's Jai Courtney. It's Charlie. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have ranked a little bit higher. I have Jane's Bar at number 10. Just because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really know if you earn the sympathy at the end of this movie. Jane's Bar, you did murder four people. True, true. And like, even, it just so happened that they turned out to be bad dudes. You didn't know that. You weren't being like a good vigilante or anything there. No, no. I have James Barr at number nine. And let's just say uh, he has the look that fits that role. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess is part of their plan. They're like, yeah, ever to buy that this, you know, lone asshole is uh, the type of do a mass shooting. Yeah. Uh, I've got Linsky at number nine. That's uh, Renee who could not bite uh, his own fingers off. I, yeah, poor Linsky didn't make my list. Okay. Um, yeah, at eight, I've got Jeb Oliver. Again, not to harp on physical appearances, but I would not set my drink around this dude from this look. I do not have that guy on my list. Uh, uh, I've got Emerson at number eight. Okay. Uh, at seven, I've got Richard Jenkins, who I feel like isn't... I mean, he's Richard Jenkins. He's fine. He's always good. But like, he's just not in this movie that much. Yeah, he didn't even make my list. 
yeah. I've got Sandy at number seven. Okay. Or Sandy. Uh, I've got Sandy at number six. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, I don't know if I'm supposed to feel for this character as strongly as I do because I do feel so I think bad. They, for I think they do want you to sympathize and feel bad for her, but she's ultimately just like waiting to be fridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, number six. I've got Charlie, aka Jai Courtney, as okay. like a you know dragon henchman go. I think he does his job well. He mm-hmm. maybe could have put up a little bit better of a fight. Like, it doesn't even seem like he's even close at any point to beating Jack Reacher in their, like, yeah. Mono Mono showdown. Jack Reacher just kicks the shit out of him. The, the I want to say the dynamics are very, this, very similar in the second one, where it's like he has to fight, like, a super assassin. And then, of course, go face, like, the main villain who's, like, not the physical yeah, yeah. threat to him. I mean, at one point, he, like, falls out of, like, a third-story window with this super assassin, and they hit the ground, and then they, like, get up and continue fighting. It's, uh, five, I've got Robert Duvall. Um, he's, like, crotchety and ridiculous at the gun range, but I do really enjoy him when they get to, like, the quarry final fight. Yeah, I've got him. Uh, Martin Cash, I think his name, I have at five as well. I did like the kind of conversation that Jack Reacher has where he's, like, semi-blackmailing him. To be like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm the first one who's asked about James Barr. If you don't want to tell me, I'll just uh, let everyone know that this is where James Barr you know, did a shooting. I hope you like coaching soccer. Yeah, yeah. Some soccer mom would love to like to tear you down. Yeah. Uh, at four, I've got Rosamund Pike as Helen the Gone Girl. Um, she's she's good in a in a a role that unfortunately could have been cast with anybody. Yeah, I've got her at four as well. I mean, I like Rosamund Pike a lot. I mean, I love Gone Girl. I'm kind of surprised she didn't get more after Gone Girl. I thought I thought she should have won the Oscar that year, first of all. And mm-hmm. like usually when you get that kind of exposure, you like get more roles, but it doesn't seem like she's done a whole lot since then. I mean I don't know. I mean I think Amazing Amy should should have taken on, quite frankly, the uh the pop culture cachet of uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, I mean it may just be that people are too terrified of her after that role because she's so effective in it. That she's not getting like you know like the the more typical like you know hero roles after that, and it looks like she's done a lot of TV since then, pretty much. Mm. I think we're gonna have the same number one. My number three is David Oyelowo as as Detective Emerson, uh, a British actor who's now an American citizen, but is also a Nigerian prince. Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna look him up in a sec. See what he's up to. Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, amazing Amy's deal here watership down state of the union thunderbirds or go she does voice work on okay wow. um oh she's gonna be in the wheel of time apparently prior to all this i would always get her confused with miranda otto i could see that a little bit yeah she was the one from lord of the rings i was like which one was in die another day i'm gonna say that rosamund pike would have been better as aon mm. uh let's see my number three i'm cheating here a little bit christopher mcquarrie Oh, okay. I feel like for nice. a very long time, he was kind of like the other guy that was behind the usual suspects and like Brian Singer kind of got all the credit for everything. Mm-hmm. But as like their careers went on, you're like, maybe it's actually Christopher McQuarrie who's a talented one there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, makes you appreciate the weirdness of Way of the Gun a little bit more, I think. Sure. Another slightly more than slightly misogynist movie. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> more than slightly. Um, all right, so you have two left, and I feel like there's three characters. Are there three? Did I forget yeah. somebody? Uh, maybe, maybe I missed it. Uh, my number two is Jack Reacher. Okay, so I have the Zach at number two, Mr. Prisoner Human Being. Okay. Who, um, who was your three? David Oelio. Is they, my, okay, is right. Emerson. Okay, so I assume you've got the Zach number one. Yeah, and then they could be a little bit interchangeable because I really do enjoy this. I mean, because a lot of Tom Cruise characters are the same. Yeah. But I feel like he found a, a slightly different way to play Tom Cruise than just being Ethan Hunt. I really but don't. Warner Herzog, man. Yeah. I mean, Herzog is he's doing Warner Herzog things. I really it's hard to imagine a lot of other character or actors playing Jack Reacher just because the character himself is so absurd. You need somebody with just like megawattage star power, I think, just to like pull this off so that you don't just yeah. hate this person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not you're not just going to like plug Bradley Cooper into this. No, you know what I mean? no. Yeah. That'd be a disaster. You need the actor who, quite frankly, you know, like when you just like if I walk into a room and I'm like, what are you watching? And you're like, oh, Tom Cruise plays a doctor in this one. You know what I mean? Like you need that actor who it's like it doesn't really matter what the character's name is. You're just going to call them by the actor uh-huh. uh, to the point where both Tom Cruise and Jack Reacher and the credits of this movie are the exact same font size. <laughs> so you know- it could be Jack Reacher playing Tom Cruise. Yeah. Oh, weird thing about this movie we had mentioned up. He never does a running scene in it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like one of the few Tom Cruise action movies where he, he doesn't have Tom Cruise running. He's just like, sorry, that's uh, that now belongs to my Mission Impossible franchise. There are some some kind of comical comparisons I think that could be made between him. Oh, just Tom Cruise, the producer, is worth studying. But like him... And the Mission Impossible franchise compared to like uh, Vin Diesel and like Fast and Furious. Yeah. Though I think Vin Diesel is probably more known now for like the checklist and how other people have to be bounced out against <laughs> him. Like he can't lose a fight or whatever. I don't know. See, I feel like Tom Cruise is a canny enough uh, producer and star to know that like it's okay if he gets the shit kicked out of him a little bit. Like, like it's yeah, okay yeah. for that to happen to your hero. Which is part I, one of the reasons why I find those Fast and Furious movies so dull is because it's like nothing bad ever happens to them. Well, especially as you add even more actors or personalities to those roles who are also like, I too yeah. can never lose a fight. <laughs> it's like, what are we fucking doing here then? Yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise. I mean, he's he's a complete maniac and like, I'm sure we'll eventually find out that he's murdered like 100 people. So like, I'm fully prepared for him to be canceled and we have to like disavow, you know, him entirely. But like, he is he's like just a pure movie star and he knows it and like apparently he's like he watches movies constantly like he's he's really into being tom cruise like you know like he he wants to make good action movies he doesn't just want to make like another action movie like you know he he respects the craft at least so i can respect that about him yeah yeah i'm sure he knows where shelly and miss is but like yeah i would say up until like the last few years He's usually pretty good about saying, like, let's make sure the script is great. I feel like um, the mummy is like, what the fuck happened there? That and the Jack Reacher sequel. Yeah, yeah. And and wasn't there wasn't there something like American Made or something? Wasn't there something? Oh, that was a decent movie, actually. Yeah, that was, was um, okay. who directed that? Is that like Gore Rubinsk or something? No, I saw that. I mean, it's it's weird and it's definitely like 
a much more low-key Tom Cruise movie, mm-hmm. but he's still trying in it. Like he's still okay. going for it, even in this like small little way that he is. I mean, like, I don't I don't really have a desire for Hollywood to get back to business real quick. You know, I mean, I know obviously some people like not just movie stars, but like there are crew people who like this is their livelihood as well. But like I was like generally bummed. I was like, oh, man, they had to uh, shut down Mission Impossible 7 and 8. Yeah, uh, the but cast of that's pretty good from oh, what I recall too, right? It's fucking juicy. Yeah. Uh, you got Haley Atwell in there. You got uh, what's his name back from the first one? Um, Emilio Estevez. Yes, Emilio <laughs> Estevez. No, the guy who was on Revenge for a while. What's his fucking name? Guy who was on Revenge for a while. He was the uh, the boss that you thought was evil in the first one. Kittredge. Oh, they bring the Kittredge back. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Kittredge. You've never seen me very angry. Never seen me very upset. Yeah, let me take a look at the cast. Or so I want to say, um, Rebecca Ferguson's like not going to be in one, but, but like, she's in one of them. Yeah. Okay, well, she's listed for seven, but I think it might be something where she's in like eight, but not seven. So they're bringing Vanessa Curry back, Haley Atwell. Oh, Nicholas Holt. That's right. He's going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Henry Cer- uh, Cerny, I think is uh, Kittred's name. Oh, and Pom- yeah, yeah. Palm Clement- Clementine is going to be in it. Yeah, that's a loaded cast. It's a great cast. There's uh, what's that guy's name? Shay. Shay Wiggum. Yeah. Shay Wiggum's in there. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good cast. Palm Clementine is like. I love her very small roles in Westworld. I wish they were bigger. Like she is an actor who I feel like I don't know. There might be some hidden potential there. I wish you weren't. Did you ever see um, Ingrid Goes West? I did not. Sadly, she has. She I'm, I'm pretty sure she has a small role in that. Is kind of like another kind of rich socialite influencer type character that seemed to recall is pretty effective. She has a role in like a Black Mirror episode where she's like sexy video game character avatar, and it's like. She is a very attractive woman, but like she's also possibly a great actor if you gave her some roles aside from like Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think she's in the Suicide Squad coming out. Anyway. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm looking at her thing right now. Maybe not. No, I don't think Also, it's a Squad. weird meta statement. I, I think she's in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Um, she's not listed on it. Could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a weird meta thing with the sequel to this movie, though. Like, never go back. I saw it. I'll never go back. <laughs> it's just so. I, I think they're long. they're like making like an Amazon show now, if I'm not mistaken, where like yeah. they're going to go cast like the big hulking star. I don't, I don't know yeah. who it'll be, but yeah. Well, Lee Child was like, "Oh, I thought Tom was great, but ultimately, it's what the fans were correct and we need like a six, five actor to play this role. It's like, I don't think it's going to work personally. I I feel like it's not going to be compelling to just have some giant brute playing the character. Well, when I watched the second one, which was done by like the 30 something guys, um, I thought, I wonder if this is closer to what the books are like, Mm because there's a whole plot where it's like some woman that Jack Reacher slept with, 15 years ago or whatever might have like this girl might be his child. So she gets caught up in their adventure and it's like, this is dreadful. Yeah. That sounds like, that sounds like the the 12th or 13th book or something. They're pulling that out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, eventually Dirk Pitt. It's like when Dirk Pitt suddenly had kids. Yeah. I don't know where. Yeah. Including Dirk Pitt jr. Yeah. Yeah. He like took over. That guy's dead, right? Didn't he die recently? Clive Kessler. I believe he, yeah, yeah, just died. Uh huh. So is Clive Cluster Jr. taking over Dirk Pitt Jr.? Was it Clive Cluster Jr. or did he name his kid Dirk Pitt? I honestly can't remember. Oh, yeah, it is Dirk Cussler. 
It's Dirk Kessler. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Dirk is not a name. <laughs> I remember the first like co-written book with Dirk and it was like, it was so bland that I was like, wait, did they actually let Dirk write it? And maybe they did and not just like hire like a real ghostwriter. I've read maybe you've read more, but I've read maybe six or seven, maybe eight of those books. Treasure is probably the best of like the bonkers. I think, I think Treasures ones. is probably the best one, yeah. And um is it the Vortex? The one where they have to go get the secret treaty that shows that uh Churchill sold Canada to the United States during World War II. It's got some great set pieces. And it's like like uh like Dirk Pitt has to go take on and then team up with like James Bond, if James Bond was actually like old Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. There's a great prologue to that. Yeah, anyway. Before it got too action crazy. Anyway, so, yeah, because everyone, because you wanted it, we did Jack Reacher. Yeah, well, what should we do next? Uh, well, we floated the idea of Buffy. Uh, unless there's like movies that you can think of top of your head you want to dive into. Uh, let's see. I'm in the middle of May right now. I mean... How do we want to do Buffy? Because I, I don't know. I almost feel like I'd rather just do like one or two episodes for a podcast rather than like watch like seven or something. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather just like go deep on like, you know, once more feeling or becoming or something like that rather than be like, oh, we watched like seven episodes of season two. I'm I'm fine with whatever you want to do. That. Um, I'm happy to talk about Buffy. I mean, I will. I mean, I'll dive into Buffy season six and seven. If you want to pick out something from there too, even like there, there's there's some weird seasons, but I I enjoy Buffy. So, well, do we? Would we want to do anything from season one? No, it's fine. But we could probably skip the pilot and Prophecy Girl, right? Yeah, season two is where the show came to life. All right, so let me take a look at season two here. So we got when she was bad because like a lot of these like even the good standalone ones like the Halloween one like we could probably skip that right? Yeah, we're looking at season two. Let me pull this up. Uh, what's my line? Part one and two. Those are fun, but not that fun. If I were to pick a couple from season two, I'd probably want to go like lie to me and then like surprise and innocence and like just just those you know, and maybe we do becoming like in another episode or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, surprise and innocence, I believe is the one where they, it was brilliant the way they did the, uh, the, the night switch with those. Cause it was on yeah. Mondays and it, yeah. then it was on Tuesdays and it was like the, the cliffhanger at the end of surprise. You're like, Oh shit. And it's like, don't worry. You can catch it tomorrow. Yeah. Let's, um, let's do lie to me, surprise and innocence. Do you want to squeeze in passion or, or no? No. Cause we can maybe do a second run later. We do like passion and becoming. Okay, so lie to me, surprise, and innocence. Yeah, that way it's you know it can just be like a two hour pod instead of like a four and a half hour pod. Let's see, yeah. we'll do our best. All right, well that sounds like a good plan. I guess I'll have to go download those. I meant like there was like on sale recently on iTunes for like fifty dollars the entire series, and nice. I was like I saw that and I was like oh I should get that and then I like you know delayed for a day and then it wasn't on sale anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be good. Although I wonder. I think they are available in HD, but it's like you can like see some boom mics and shit because they weren't framed that way originally. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I can have to see where I, I don't think I, I had my original DVDs. I think I like donated those like a long time ago. I don't have them I anymore. might ha- I might have not all the DVDs, but I might have a couple of seasons. Because I had them all originally on yeah. DVD, but eventually I was just like, oh, I don't need these. Um I wish I just digitized them then. It was a lot, a lot of work though. During the times, that was one of those shows where I would go on the Tuesday and like buy like ooh. Buffy season six is for sale now or whatever. And I would do that for Angel too. And then for a while I was like, do I need to own Angel on DVD? <laughs> yeah. Like, am I going to really like dive back into Angel season three? Nah. I've still only watched season five of Angel the one time. And I think I even missed a couple episodes. I have probably rewatched one or two episodes or like scenes. Like the one where Angel and Spike have their, uh, their like face off for the, the, the chalice that will sure. make one of them a real boy. I've watched scenes from that on YouTube a couple of times. And also the, um, the one with the immortal. That's a great episode. I, oh, I can yeah, honestly yeah, see I us doing one. like a, like a couple episodes from angel season five. I don't know if we need to go <laughs> into the rest of that show. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week to talk about Buffy season two's lie to me, surprise and innocence, which aired. Oh, 23 years ago holy shit god damn it why'd you have to say that yeah wow when, uh, when we were in high school yeah alright well uh, any last words do you think I'm a hero I'm a drifter with nothing to lose remember you wanted this <laughs>